All right, welcome to Back in Tunes. This is our Peter Pan the Pirates edition. I'm your host, Michael. I. <laughs> Jacob, hold on a second. It's not stopping, is it? No. <laughs> it was blocking out what you were saying. Okay, let's. Sorry about that. Glitch. Jacob, go ahead. Say hi. Okay, this is. Hey, this is Jacoby Kenobi. Hi. Or. Hi. Was that it? You're I'm done? Trying th- I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of other languages. I can't remember which one I was going to say. I didn't want to say Spanish because that's too common around here anyway. <laughs> All right. That's rare. We usually don't have a glitch. That was my fault. I, I turned you off and I was going to use a whole different method for playing that theme song and I screwed it up. All right. So <laughs> this is Jacob's Choice. I have never actually seen Peter Pan and the Pirates and I found uh, the episode on YouTube. Basically, what we do is we watch the episode and we chit-chat about the whole series and stuff behind it uh, as we watch the episode. So go ahead and find it on YouTube, and I guess we'll begin now. Yeah. So what I will say about this cartoon is that it was it was an independent. It was funded by Fox, presented by them. That way, they get their budget. And it was, as you can tell from like the theme song, it's very adventurous. It also definitely expands all of Neverland. You don't just see like the treehouse and you know the pirate ship, the stuff you've already seen through J.M. J.M. Barry's novel. Yeah, I was actually concerned that it was going to be the same. You know how some cartoons they, they I don't know if it's limited budget where they can't afford to create new animation for new villains. I was worried that it was always going to be as him, Captain Co- Captain Hook, the whole time. But um, you, already from the initial episode, brand new villain. Yeah. The Ice King Kairos. And it's pretty good animation. I'm very impressed. I know it's created overseas because you can just kind of tell sometimes that mm-hmm. during this time period the effects are a little shadowy. I don't know if that was to mask the limited animation, but it's so creative, so well done. Um, and I'm really surprised it ended up on... Was this a Saturday morning thing or was this in the afternoon? I think it was... I might have been in the afternoon. I was very little, but I remember this episode so much it stuck with me. Plus, like I said, the theme song really stays with you, too. It's very heroic, very adventurous, really gets your spirits going like, you know, you're fucking excited. Yeah, I was going to play the whole thing, but that theme is a minute and 19 minutes long, which is really long for cartoons. I don't really recall anything being that long, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I will say this. Uh, I'm going to spoil this for everybody. Captain Hook is played by, of course, Tim Curry. And that's that's choice right there. I'm surprised he, they wants. could afford him back then because back then he was still somewhat of a name. Now they could probably get him for the you know pretty cheap. Oh yeah, unfortunately, he deserves a huge comeback. He should be in something extremely funny. Yeah, there's a couple other people here who had a long career. James Jason Marsden, who I always confuse with James Marsden. I don't think they're related, but Jason Marsden he started off on the Monsters Now TV show. It was on for a few years. And then he moved on to animation. That's all he does now, basically, is voice animation. Yeah. And Creed Jason Sum- What? I'm thinking Jason Marsden. Wasn't that the guy who played Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Annihilation and got killed? I could be wrong. No, I... Oh, how they replaced Johnny Cage? No, I'll yeah. look that up, but it's not Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden, look it up, you'll see. Um, he did a bunch of stuff as a kid. Very short guy, but... Uh, you know what, that sounds like a dick thing to say, but I just remember, maybe that's why he retired uh, from, like, you know, live action to just doing voice I mean, work. His height, height you're interfered with his voice, and they just couldn't hire him anymore. No, I just think a lot of people see short people, I mean, how many short people really made it? Tom Cruise, Michael J. Fox? Uh, you have to be really funny, I guess, in order to, like, oh, uh, Martin Short's small. Danny DeVito, of course. But I think a lot of actors are kept, you know, down because... Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman short? 
Yeah, yeah, I guess I can see. I didn't realize that. That seems kind of stumped. Even in Tootsie, he was too he was too short to play some parts. Um, so I'm looking here. Also, Cree Summer. I remember her from a different world, but I don't think she did anything else live action. She did a lot of an- she did a lot of animation voice work. Woo. Yeah. Well, I will I will say here also the way they portray Peter Pan in this cartoon, it's it's actually pretty funny. I mean, Peter Pan he's he's been kind of a douche. But like an accidental douche, yeah. Because you know, he's a kid and a teenager and whatnot, so it makes kind of sense. But at the same time, it's like you just have to tell Peter Pan, Peter Pan, you're a fucking idiot. I say that with love. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of a cocky jerk at times. You can see his arrogance. He reminds me. This is silly because this existed long before it. But um, watching Peter Pan, he's like a slightly less arrogant uh, Link in the Legend of Zelda cartoon. Do you remember that? Excuse me, princess. Oh, God, that was an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot, though. It's ridiculous. He does. But he do, you can tell he does kind of look like Link. And also, like, the animation, it kind of reminds me of the same people who did uh, Little uh, Fi- Little Nemo. It was a... Uh, oh, you mean Little like Nemo in Slumberland, the movie? Yeah. That's what, the, that's what their faces kind of reminds me of. That's what they kind of look like. Okay, I'm trying to find... I recognize this name, Jack Angel. He did a lot of voice work. But I'm trying to find out which character he actually played in this. But um, he's known for like doing real Ghostbusters, G.I. Joe, Superpowers, Pole Position, Sable Rider, Saber Rider, Voltron, Snorks, Super Friends, <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, almost every single cartoon in that first half of the 80s he was involved with. This is crazy how good his I resume is. Yeah. It goes on and on. He played yeah. Ramjet and Astro Train in the Transformers movie, but I don't remember that at all. Who the fuck is Ramjet? I have no idea, and I know Transformers pretty well, and I have no idea. I know Astro Train, but I have no idea who Ramjet is. Okay, I, I do want to say about this scene where Peter, you know, he gave uh, Wendy the crystal when he clearly gave it to Tink. He, oh, God, he's he's trying to be a pimp. Yeah. Can yeah. I have none of it? Yeah, do you know who Scott Menville is? He does a ton of voice work. Uh, can't recall. Oh, he's a little bit older than me, but I mostly know him from um, Ernest Goes to Camp. You've seen that movie, right? I think so. I've seen Ernest Goes to Jail. I've seen Ernest Saves Halloween. Ernest Saves Christmas. But I don't remember Ernest Goes to Camp. You know what? They should have called it Ernest Saves Halloween because Ernest Scared Stupid is just an okay title. Yeah. Um, No, but he was in the first one. He's this group of kids that were in trouble, whatever. That's what I mostly know him from. He did a lot of stuff around that time, but he does almost exclusively now voice work. He was Tim Drake in the Batman Rise of Shinzu game. I don't know if you ever played that. He was who? He was Tim Drake, Robin. Oh. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's resume. Yeah, I was just kind of going through the voice work. Uh, Tony J. Almost every person involved with this did a ton of really great stuff. Tony J. was really known for all of his classic Disney stuff. Uh-huh. And he was also uh, in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I forget. He played uh, the villain. Oh, yeah. T- uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. He was in Reboot. Uh, he did voice work for the Legacy of Kane series. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was the uh, Watcher. He was the one who wanted Kane's soul. He's in American Tale, but like the directed video ones. I definitely recognize. Oh, he had a really good voice. Now I know who he is. I remember him from My Stepmother's an Alien. He's at the very end. Uh, he's one of the console men. Yeah, like, 
Yeah, and he also was in. Uh, he was also the doctor that watched over Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. Really? Yeah. I have to watch that movie again. I haven't seen that forever. That's how Arnold Schwarzenegger got his Austrian accents. Yeah. So Jay. So Jay. Yeah. So Tony Jay. But yeah, no, this cartoon, I kid you not, like expl- it, how it explores like all parts of Neverland, and just you know, which is what some kids would only could only imagine. And I think these animators really wanted to see that they kind of vision come to life, and they're doing that with this cartoon. Well, I mean, I'm very glad. Go ahead. And yeah, no, it's like bringing this, you know, bringing it into the whole fantasy genre. Yeah, that's later. what I was about to say. I was like, they really expanded upon the fantasy of it all. I mean, this is almost like, I want to say like a D&D kind of expanse of storytelling just with, you know, Peter Pan instead. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah, and like fascinating. It's like I wanted to see, I want, I, I'm tempted to watch this entire series again to see what they've done. Well, I'm pretty sure every episode is available up on YouTube. That, I mean, oh, we yeah. get most of our cartoons, but sometimes we have to go digging. We tried to do one. We couldn't find any episodes. Oh, it was the Back to the Future cartoon. We couldn't find crap online. You can't find it on DVD. That kind of sucks, because I remember it being a really good cartoon. Oh, yeah, it was. We had to try I to mean, hunt around. Yep. Might take some time. <laughs> well, that's the glory of the internet. Almost anything is uh, possible. Yeah. I will say this. I mean... It, the animation, I yeah, it is. It's fantastic, especially the the mirror scene that they're going to do in the ice cave after the little encounter with the ice elf. I'm trying to remember if this was this on for more than one year. Do you recall? Uh no, but I do remember there being a lot of episodes. Oh, uh, you know take... what? If it was an afternoon show, I bet you it was the syndicated. You know, they're the ones that did like 65 episodes a season. They would do it Monday through Friday and just kind of cycle around that. Right. I think yeah, I think that's what they did. Yeah, I want to look it up right now, actually. Because, um, yeah, I you know, the funny thing is I remember this show, but I think I remember it more as a video game. Was it a, wasn't it like a Super Nintendo game or something? Yeah, it was a Nintendo game. But, yeah, plus also this, I think, could take place uh, between uh, Peter Pan and Hook. Oh, definitely. Definitely fill in. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't more successful because this is pretty good. Yeah, it was literally on for one year. Yeah, like I said, yeah, you're probably right. It was like a weekday thing. I'm trying to look. It was, yeah, it was originally a weekday thing. It aired for the Fox Kids Network. Um, they would rerun it until September 11th, 1992, and then they aired a couple of reruns throughout the next season, but for the most part, it's just been reruns. But it's gone to reruns four times, so obviously it has a good following. Yeah, it does. I mean, gosh, heck, I was, I'm tempted to show my little brothers and sisters this, if they were still in the cartoons. Yeah, well, who who isn't? If you're not into cartoons still as a grown-up, you're, you're a jerk. <laughs> at least a little bit you killed your childhood yes your inner child is gone that's why your kids hate you and that's why you're an asshole oh did you play the game the nintendo uh, I game I, I, I think i could download it on an emulator on my phone oh sweet sweet emulators you know what i went to a place yesterday trying to pick up some games and they were charging so much i was like you know emulators exist right yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah i don't think they do all right so this is what it is yeah Peter Pan and the Pirates was developed by THQ, which I don't remember back then if they were any good. Uh, it was for the Nintendo system only, and it was received poorly by critics. Oh, there's only so much you can do with Nintendo. Well, yeah, Ooh. also it was a classic side-scroller, so that's always awesome. I do remember the toy line. I mean, yeah, they had, my brother always had Captain Hook, and uh, my brother Eddie, I think, had Peter Pan, and he came, she came with a little Tink. Okay, this is what I wanted to say about Tinkerbell, speaking of her. Yeah. She looks kind of like, she reminds me of Molly Ringwald. Really? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I get that. I always I thought like, it was yeah, I think that's just a little, a little Molly Ringwald. Oh man, that looks like a giant berry. Oh, the new red, the red crystal. Yeah. It does. Yeah. No, that's what I thought it was. I was like, it's a giant barrier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But oh, Peter. He, he, Peter doesn't think. He is very cocky. Oh, he's impulsive. Okay. That's what yeah, we no, love about him. It's like, dude, that could have been a bomb. You could have just blown yourself up along with those kids. You don't know. God damn it, Peter. You know, the funny thing about Peter Pan is that it's public domain. The book is old enough that anybody can do a version of it. So Peter Pan is one of those things where you can tell the same story over and over and over again, or you can reinterpret it into a new way. And, and you know, there was Hook right after this. Yeah, Hook was right yeah. after this premiered. You know, those two so close together, but two are so different in how they approach the concept. Oh, yeah. Walt Disney really wanted to, and Walt Disney really wanted to do an animated movie of it for like the longest time, and he finally did in the 50s. Oh, yeah, isn't uh, Finding Neverland with Johnny Depp, isn't it about that? It's about, yeah, it's about uh, J.M. Barry like, and his inspiration for writing it. I, I, don't, I, I feel like I've seen it, but I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, Kate Winslet's like a sick woman who's going to die, and she has all these kids, oh, and yeah, yeah. so he's to take care of them, and basically gets his inspiration for creating Peter Pan. Nice. And, um, yeah, dude, it was, very, it was very heartwarming. And, you know, Johnny Depp was, you know, being Johnny Depp, he's a great, he's a great actor. So, and then, oh, go ahead. As far as the, and what I wanted to say about Hook too, it being a you know, it being a sequel to the actual story. Yeah, there's there's so much you can you know talk about it. I mean, it was it was like a huge twist. Like, holy crap, Peter Pan's grown up and he did, and he left Neverland. Why? And he's boring now. <laughs> yeah, but oh gosh, the one in 2003 with Jason Isaacs as a Hook. I was going to mention that. That was really good. Yeah, the one that one actually sucked. Oh, really? You didn't like it? I kind of liked it. I, I, I like I like Jason Isaacs, but everything else was just poorly acted. I was like, come on, you couldn't find any better act, children actor, child actors. Yeah, you know what? The, the what we expect from child actors now, ever since Haley Joe Osment up the game, you know, and the uh, Thor Birch and Anna Paquin really changed things. So now I look I look back on stuff from like the eighties. Go, oh, that's no, that's inexcusable. But you know, acting oh, style. Chloe Grace Moritz, she's really good too. Yeah, the the game has been changed almost every year. Some new actress or actor comes along. You know, they're like twelve or thirteen, and they already know their stuff. Sometimes it's creepy, like Dakota Fanning always kind of creeped me out. But <laughs> yeah, some people, did. some people just know their stuff. The the who the the Breslin kids. You know, Spencer. He was in. Um, the kid with Bruce Willis and his sister was the star of Little Miss Sunshine. They're all really good. Oh yeah, Abigail Breslin. That's right. They do. They had the same kind of teeth. Well, the siblings. Except he had. Yes, that's true. And he did, but he did have a bit of a speech impediment. Oh, I remember that. I wonder what happened to him. But he got over that. You know, they're know. making a new Peter Pan. Another one? Yeah, I have to look it up. I think it's coming out this Christmas. I can't remember. It's some big yeah. name attached to it. I have to look it up. <laughs> Oh gosh, who would be a big child actor to play Peter Pan? <laughs> I don't know. No, they're probably going to go with an unknown. I can't imagine they're going to grab someone that's already known. Yeah. But okay, hopefully he's just good. Huh? I hope he's a good actor. Yeah, hopefully we get something. Hopefully we get something good. Hey, so I was looking yeah. up, the guy who ran the show, who was the main producer, Buzz Potankin, he got his fame in the 60s by creating the Hawaiian Punch series. You know, all those... Oh. Promos. I remember you had the cartoon. 
Yeah, he would like punch through the wall. Uh, the part where he punched the guy when he'd say yes. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> and he also ran the I Want My MTV campaign in the 80s. Sweet. I mean, yeah, this look guy at this. knew what he was doing. This guy knew entertainment. Yeah, he did the Berenstain Barons cartoon, which I don't remember that one at all. Wow. And then he, after Peter Pan the Pirates, he moved over to Hanna-Barbera. He was their head of production. And he oversaw the cartoon. I don't know if you remember this, but it's called What a Cartoon. It was on the Cartoon Network. It was like an anthology. So it would mix up the characters every half hour. Oh. I think if I remember right, yeah. that's where that scaredy, what's that dog that's always Courage the car- Cowardly Dog? Dog. I'm pretty sure it started on that dog, show. Scooby Doe and um, also uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh gosh, um, I am Weasel, Cow and Chicken, Cow and Chicken. Cow and I used to hate that Dexter's cartoon. Lab, Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo. Yeah, all those cartoons. Yeah, they would get in together and like eat at the cafeteria. He was the one who would be like heading those productions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, those are fantastic. Those are absolutely fantastic. Those are fun to see. All those crossovers. So I'm looking now, here. So next month we're going to be doing all Halloween episodes, like stuff oriented towards monsters and stuff like that. And one of them is Teen Wolf. And I'm looking, just coincidentally, Buzz Potemkin was the executive producer of the Teen Wolf cartoon. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, awesome. He did the Addams Family cartoon after this. He did SWAT Cats. Do you remember SWAT Cats? Oh, SWAT Cats was badass. Oh. Get the fly around the plane, take out the RoboCop. Yeah. You know what? There is something here that I'm really impressed uh, and I want to see it again. Um, he, Ray Bradbury wrote an animated film called The Halloween Tree. It's very hard to find, but he was executive producer on that. Really good. Yeah, it's like they had to find their friend's ghost and, you know, take the pumpkin back to the tree. Yeah, um, it's on YouTube. If anybody's interested, seriously, it's one of the best animated movies of all time, and no one remembers it. It's, it's, it's been kind of lost because of rights issues, I think. Oh, yeah. And he did Two Stupid Dogs. Do you remember that cartoon? Two Stupid Dogs. I do remember that. This guy's the goods right here. Yeah, dude, he created. He probably had help in uh, well, it was Gendy Tartakovsky who created it, but Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack. Yeah, uh, he and, only was involved with Cow and Chicken, Dexter's Laboratory, the relaunch of Johnny Quest, and Johnny Bravo. Uh, there's only so much one man can do. Yep. Unless you're Mel Blanc, which you can do everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, no, I, I really like the scene coming up. They go to the volcano. And then they just like melted, of course, melted everything down. And it's like, you know what, Peter? Hey, you know, you can send some of that water to us. You know, California's in a drought. We need it. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny is most of the cartoons, like we switch on and off. I, I, the people who are listening is probably on us, but we switch on and off. I'll do a, a run of cartoons. You'll do a run of cartoons. And um, there was that one month where we did like Sky Surfers and Battletoads, which. We lost that episode. <laughs> we lost the Battletoads episode. I'm glad we lost that episode. We did We did a service to everybody. We know what we, we should do is worst cartoon ever. Just do a special series of cartoons that are just garbage. We don't have to sit <laughs> through them, just discuss them. Right. Um, but, oh, man. And usually I just one... watch the one episode and that's it. But you know what? The last two that you've chosen have been really good. Mega Man was good. I'm going to continue watching that. And this one's r- even better. I, would, I do want to say about what Peter, what Peter's trying to do by trying to melt the ice caves. It's like, you asshole, you could cause a flood, okay? <laughs> do you not realize that? <laughs> what the hell? You caught me, son of a bitch. You little... Oh, you just kick him... You just want to slug him. You just want to slug him right in the face. <laughs> and this is Captain Hook's only appearance in this episode. Yeah, it was. It was very brief. 
I think this little clone, this little ice clone part kind of reminds me of Zelda where, you know, he'd find a, uh, there'd be a dark link that you'd have to fight. Yeah. I think it was an upgrade of time. Well, the same thing with Mega Man. Who is, who is Mega Man's nemesis that looked just like him? Uh, Proto Man. And Proto Man was actually, he was the prototype for Mega Man. I know, I've always liked it when you have, like, that yin-yang, you know, like, reverse flash and how Venom and Spider-Man bounce off each other. I love that. Bizarro and Superman. Who doesn't like the the balance of that? Oh, I don't know. I do. I definitely love it. Green Lantern, Sinestro, Sabretooth, and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with Batman and Joker, I don't know. There's actually, I don't know. That's, that's not exactly yin yang. No, it's not. I was, I was talking more like they're almost the exact opposite. He of, is a vigilante. He's not for law. No. If you want to think of anybody who's kind of like Batman but went the wrong direction, maybe, maybe Azrael, when he took over Batman, he was much more violent. Or maybe how yeah, Huntress, Azrael. the Huntress, she's like the female Batman, but she takes lives. Yeah. Or Ra's al Ghul. <sighs> Uh, maybe in the movie version, but I don't really notice that in the cartoon. Or the yeah, comic. Plus, Ra's al Ghul's been living for 600 years in the cartoon. In the movie, Liam Neeson, yeah, definitely. You think, then, oh, I, I saw that they hired someone else to be Ra's al Ghul, which I'm bummed by. But, of course, you know, who's going to be able to afford Liam Neeson? Even if he wanted to do it, he still has his financial demands. Yeah, I know, because of contracts and whatnot. But, honestly, I mean, if as far as Arrow goes... If you're gonna have, if you're gonna involve Ra's al Ghul in the League of Assassins, you're gonna need Batman's help. I mean, I don't care how cool Arrow is or Black Canary and all the other supporting cast he has. But you Batman Bat- can't be in it. He should just have a guest appearance. I mean, come on, they're already. I mean, Flash got his spinoff. That's true. Um, but you and, know, he's already tied to the movies. You know who they could add is Nightwing. Somehow find a way to add Nightwing. But they're doing Titan now. Titans for uh, the WB or TNT actually TNT. Oh. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, so um, they were trying to give Nightwing his own television spinoff, but they decided to combine that with the other characters they're working on. I don't know if they can have Flash because he's part of the WB, but the Kid Flash has always been known for being part of the Titans. Yeah, it could be like a Kid Flash. It could be Kid Flash, Aqualad, Firestar, Cyborg. Well, Cyborg's going to be tied in with the... Yeah, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. That's so, what used to be part of the Justice League. They still have plenty to choose from, but like your main core, like the main Titans, they're not going to yeah. be available. I know, but as far as uh, Nightwing, he's actually, they don't make Nightwing comic books anymore. They make, he's just Grayson now. Yeah, agent. I got to catch up my comic books. I'm really behind. I've been, uh, I've been reading a lot of like Marvel lately just because that's what the library carries. So I've been reading Superior Spider-Man, but I'm behind nice. on DC severely. Yeah, this say I will say right here the fight. Okay, I know there's a fight scene coming up where uh, Ice Ice Peter freezes everything. Uh huh. And then we also get we get the we get the cool fight scene between Peter Pan and his clone. I kid you not, like some of the fight the sword fighting is just absolutely fantastic and so quick paced. Well, Fox was smart by spending a good deal of money on this instead of going on the cheap. Cartoons were weird. This is a strange period where. Um, during the 80s, for my childhood, it was all cartoons basically around toys. The plot was second, you know, and the animation sometimes could be questionable. And then they started doing the more eccentric cartoons right as this was premiering. They started doing like, um, you know, like the Ren and Stimpy kind of oddball cartoons. The Mighty Mouse influence was everywhere. But yeah, right. this is the perfect medium between like quality and unusual like style and still having the action-packed you know, look of those 80s cartoons. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was definitely influenced by Zelda. Yeah. So, but they had to color. Uh, they had to color Peter Pan brown. We're talking Zelda yeah. the game because I don't think the cartoon had any influence on it. Oh yeah, no, yeah, definitely the game. All right, well, yeah, linked in the, the game definitely looked more brown. Then he looked green. Well, any last words you want to say about this? I would definitely recommend it. I probably am going to binge watch all those episodes again. Yeah. You know, I should probably stop saying last words because it makes it sound like I'm going to kill you after this is over with. No! Uh, it's not possible. We, Why? I kind of miss being, no, like, in the booth. I like I like being uh, in the recording studio with you instead of doing this through Skype. I kind of... You're going to have to move up to Portland. That's it. Just, well, that would, be, that would be pretty sick. I would love to do that. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, a friend of mine just moved up to Portland, actually, and... uh yeah, he's doing pretty good. All right, well, save up your money, your job. <laughs> what? Hey, hey, hey. It's like, hopefully he saves up and goes to the good side of Portland where they film Portlandia. You know what? That's filmed all over Portland. I mean, I lived there for a long time. The whole town is uh, a, a mixed bag. For each thing that's great, there's always something that kind of gets under your skin. Yep. Oh, it's like that. It's like that almost everywhere. Yep. Yeah, I would highly recommend watching this. I mean, it would definitely expand your mind and all your imaginations and thoughts on what Neverland could possibly be about. I mean, you know they're going to explore, like, of course, the Native Americans and the pirates, because, you know, what would the world be like without Captain Hook? Yeah. I just kind of bummed it only lasted one season, but I guess 65 episodes is more than some other cartoons got. Oh, most definitely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's a quite, it's a, like I said, it's a fantastic cartoon. Animation is just wonderful. Especially, oh gosh, just some of the flying, especially some of the flying scenes where they were about to dive into the secret entrance to the Ice, uh, Ice King's caves. Oh man, just the whole free-falling thing. Just the exhilaration. I'm yeah. really glad you like this. I'm glad the memories were brought back to you because like, this is a whole fresh experience to me. Yeah, no, it's, like I said, it's great. It is. It's wonderful.
Alright, welcome everybody to Retro Rocket Entertainment Show, Back in Tunes. This episode we're we'll discussing kid video. I'm your host, Michael, and my co-host... Ron. Ron, you chose this episode. I have <laughs> never experienced kid video, so uh, this is fresh for me. What we're going to do is, uh, the entire series is not on DVD. I think maybe a handful of episodes are on VHS, so we found the entire series on YouTube. And uh, just watch that while we discuss the show. First episode is called Beat the Band. Oh, no, To Beat the Band, I should be. You know, there might be someone out there who's really like, no, you got to get it right. All right, so hit play <laughs> now. And here we go. All right, so I remember you and Dave constantly talking about this when we were growing up. Somehow <laughs> I never saw this. What? I've, ne I've never seen I remember seeing ads for it, like, you know, my Marvel comics. Like, it would say, you, you, you never really read comics, right? Uh, once in a while. There'd Didn't always, really get into it, though. There'd always be one issue that I'd look forward to that had nothing to do with the actual superhero. Every year, they would have, like, all the stations would buy ads, and they would show all the new cartoons in September. And I remember right. seeing kid videos part of, like, uh, the NBC lineup is, like, Smurfs and then kid video or something like that. And I always got really excited about that, but I never, I never got to see this. And when you would uh, always do the Master Blaster reference... Master Blaster! <laughs> and I was yes, like... Yes, Master Blaster! Actually, until a few years ago, I thought that you were talking about uh, uh, Captain N. I don't know why. It, it, oddly enough, it kind of has uh, the same feel. You know, taking someone from our world. Remember how... Do you right. remember Captain N? The Game Master? Was that a Nintendo thing? Yes, it was. Um, I that's do the, believe in that. That's yeah. the one where it starts out live action. He's playing video games, whatever, and he gets sucked into that world. And this has yes. kind of the same opening. I think when you were trying to explain to me what kid video was, I thought you, maybe you were mistaken and you were describing uh, Captain N. You know, video, yeah. video games, kid. You know, that's why, I, for some reason, I never really uh, sat back and thought about it. Now, this is a weird version of, <laughs> this is the only version we could find. This has commercials in it. Yes. But the fun part well, is, these are great commercials. I love watching commercials from the <laughs> 80s. Like, you remember eating some of this stuff? Like, I remember one I was watching it had a commercial for peanut butter boppers. Do you remember peanut butter boppers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, it had Jason Bateman. And then they had ones like uh, nah, Fruit Stripes or something like that. And oh. uh, they're like, so good, they're ugly. Oh, no, Fruit Stripes is a gum. It was uh, fruit, uh, fruit Bars or something. Uh, I don't remember eating all those things, so I couldn't tell you what exactly, but... Oh, My Little Pony. Come on, <laughs> get that. That's I can't believe My Little my Pony has come back. Um, <laughs> but uh, now they're called Bronies, which uh, I guess if you're into it. At first it seemed really, really weird. But, uh, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to deal with it. There's someone out there who I'm sure is hardcore. My Little Pony has nothing weird about it. It's just they like the show. <laughs> weird. All right. Yeah, I remember, uh, you remember Joey from college. He had a band or has a band actually on on and off called the flip side right they together to, well he does it every now and again i think he, honestly i don't know if they're still together or not um wait a minute no flip sides is the name of the band he used back in college wasn't it right i was gonna say that band's right. been together for 20 years he's wanted to use that name over and over again maybe that's the thing okay <laughs> but yeah this was what it was referenced to what uh, he got it from the show that's where he got the name is the world there in the flip side the world they're in, oh yeah, the where they're in is the flip side of the mirror. They've been sucked into the cartoon world. Okay, so yeah, so. I watched the first episode, and for some reason, I didn't even dawn on me this world is called Flipside. 
Well, I don't know if that's what it's called or not. Oh, honestly, but... okay, I got you. <clears throat> so, I mean, how, tell me about your experience watching this show growing up, why it affected you, because you guys reference this. You and Dave reference this on a regular basis. Well, this was a, uh, I think it's because of the music. Just that kind of 80s rock type thing going on. I mean, being sucked into the cartoons, that was a good uh, draw in for me, but... Who doesn't want to live in a cartoon world, you know? Yeah, that would be really fun. Uh, which, which cartoon world would you want to live in? Oh, boy. That's a hard one. And you have to are, – are the rules – let me see. If the rules would be that you can't you can't become someone else, you have to be yourself. So you can adapt to the world, like the way like Dungeons & Dragons, they gain powers. Right. So you can't become Daffy Duck. You can't become Bugs Bunny. You can't <laughs> become one of the Mario Brothers. But you can gain special abilities by being in that world. I've always wanted to be Yakko, man. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. No, I'd have to say one of the superhero worlds, some along those lines, but I, I don't know which be, one. But. I always thought it'd be cool to be in Dragon's Lair or Pole Position. Oh, yeah. I guess Medieval World would be pretty cool, too. Gummy bears. <laughs> gummy bears, oh, my God, those gummy bears wouldn't survive. If they tasted just like real gummy bears... That, that right. show would end almost instantly. <laughs> what happened to our cast? They were delicious. <laughs> Smurfs. I would accidentally step on the Smurfs. You've decimated our population. I'm sorry. I'm clumsy. <laughs> I thought they were just mushrooms. They were yummy. A little crunchy. <laughs> so uh, this show lasted two seasons. The funny thing is cartoons can be really weird. We've discussed this before. A show can be on... For one year but there's like 56 episodes or it can be on for five years there's only the same amount it's very strange the difference between like syndicated animation and network animation and whether or not the show is a massive success or it's kind of popular i think kid video is kind of a cult classic you know it had right. its devoted following but i don't think it was really in the, like the top 10 i honestly don't know and then, right. uh, of course, the companies that produce this, Saban, Saban Entertainment, of course, they've been around forever, and they're really well known for doing the live action, like the whole Power Rangers stuff. And now they're getting into, oh, right. they're now getting into movies. They just did the new Tommy Lee Jones movie, uh, The Homesman. Really? Yep. And they even distributed it, which is surprising. I guess they have a lot of money that I didn't know about. Well, I didn't realize it was a new Tommy Lee Jones movie. Yeah, it's a western. <laughs> Yeah, I believe he directed it, too. It's him and Hilary Swank, and it got really good reviews, but just not much box office because Saban Entertainment, Entertainment uh, doesn't have a whole uh, lot of money for promotion. And the production company out. is Deke. Of course, we've done they did the Littles, I, I believe, and they've done so many cartoons right. that we've discussed. They must have... You know, it's funny. Most people talk about, uh, like, Hanna-Barbera, um, you know, Disney, uh, like... You know, there's certain companies that made a lot of filmation stuff during the 80s, but no one really talks about Deke. And they had a huge catalog of cartoons. Oh, yeah. Captain Planet. <laughs> I forgot about that Inspector Gadget. Oh, I love one. Inspector Gadget. We should do that the one. The old. We never discussed that. <laughs> you think that would be a top of the list? Because that's one that I watched on a regular basis. You know, I'm trying to look. I know they had... We discussed this before, and I always kind of forget what they had going on. It looks like they had a lot of, like... They would buy stuff from other companies and then distribute it in America. So not technically like hands-on animation. It's like they're more right. like uh, financiers or distributors. Gotcha. Oh yeah, the Littles. That's right, the Get Along Gang. <laughs> That's weird. This says Kiddio TV. Wonder what that is compared to what Kid TV is or Kid. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm starting to get brain farts. Kid video. 
Oh, it was a syndicated Video. package with Rainbow Bright, Popples, and a couple of other cartoons. Popples. Popples. Yeah, I remember those. <laughs> those are the ones that folded in, right? They're balls, and you could unfold them. Right. We were just talking about that the other day. They've got something new out, but it's it's not the same. It folds in half, but it's a hard shell. So you know, you used to beam your friends with your popples. You couldn't do it with these. You could wing your mad balls. Do you remember mad balls? Oh yeah. The ones I think with ugly that's faces. A... Those kind of hurt a little bit more. <laughs> Isn't there? I think there's a commercial for that on this uh, on this uh, Could particular be. episode. Well, you know, I think mad balls came out a couple years after this. This was eighty four to eighty five. Is it? Maybe I remember. I think this actually spurred a uh, search for old classic car, uh, commercials when oh, I first watched it. You this. know what? I bet you, you know, because it got picked up by CBS after NBC decided it no longer wanted it, CBS would air it for a couple more years until 1987. This could be a taping of a rerun. Right. And here's the thing is this is never really going to be on DVD. I really doubt it because of the music that's included. You know, because they have – there, there's one episode where they literally the whole – cartoon stops for a two-minute Lionel Richie video, Dancing on the Ceiling. Oh, right. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, the music throughout uh, that same episode I was just discussing, they use uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Relax. I can't imagine it's too expensive now, but some of the stuff would cost. And and Kid Video is a cult classic. It doesn't have a huge following, so I don't think the company probably believes in, like, spending a whole lot of money on it. Oh, here. Here's a commercial for RoboForce. Do you remember this at all? RoboForce? Yeah, these three robots. I don't even know, understand really. I remember seeing ads for it. I never had one. I think a friend had one. And it really didn't transform. It was just giant robots that had like special weapons that you could add on to it and beat the snot out of it. I think they're like really durable. Oh, I didn't know. So they have suction cups on the bottom so you can stick them to the side of things. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was Joshua Jackson holding one of the RoboForce dolls. <laughs> I, don't rewind it. I don't know. I have to rewind it. Look at that again. Dang it. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I'm, a uh, second. I'm a second behind you. It looks like a couple of seconds. Yeah, so I think I think all that music's gonna make it very expensive. So you know, the fact that someone still had this on tape and put it on YouTube is great. And, and there's certain right. things I, I don't like. The fact there's so much theft, and I know someone's probably gonna right. rail up and go, "Oh man, internet's for you know the companies make all the money, man. The people involved don't make the money. That's that's a lie. I've seen ridiculous, <laughs> like." People get, like, money from everything. Like, you know, it'll get bought for, like, a rental, and someone gets a check for that for uh, 25 right. cents. It, it does add up. And um, the only time that I'm okay with the – I don't know if it's technically called stealing or sharing, but it's when something isn't readily available. This is more like a preservation. Movies that aren't on DVD, cartoons that aren't available, they – you know, some sort of streaming service. You know, if they're not available in any way besides someone taking off an old VHS – and, and, right. and saving it online because their tape is going to wear out. I'm all for that because these shows should not be forgotten. A lot of these cartoons, that. a lot of these cartoons, if they weren't based on a popular toy, they they were tossed away. I mean, Kid Video is a whole is a fresh concept. It has nothing to do with toys. In fact, I really can't seem to find any merchandising for this show whatsoever, and I cannot believe there was never an album. If there was, I can't find the history of it. But, I mean, what it, was, there was like 13 videos made. Could it you, seems to me like I remember them. I could be wrong on that. Good video, discography, discography. I could have sworn they did some sort of like a small promotional tour or something like that. But uh, You know what? They were. I was looking at some clips. They were on Dance Fever. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're probably on Solid Gold and uh, I don't know who other. Dan, uh, American Bandstand, you know, stuff like that. They probably did that kind of run. They probably did some like mall tours. And right. 
it's just yeah i can't seem to find a history of any albums and you know this is a really cool idea mtv was like everything remember how obsessed we used to be with mtv like you get done right. with school and you would go home and you would watch mtv for a couple hours and come back to school the next day and discuss the new videos you saw it was an epic event and now videos don't matter there's no budget left for them and when's the last time mtv showed a video <laughs> Hell, it was like high school when that all started going down. Yeah, because college, real, I guess it was real world. It took over, and then all of a sudden, all these other yeah. shows. Some of the shows I liked though. Beavis and Butthead was great. Ren and Stimpy being yeah. repurposed. You know how they took um, um, Ren and Stimpy off Nickelodeon and put it on MTV. And they show right. like uh, the Idiot Box, the State. But uh, they the never. State. They should have taken this. They should have taken this cartoon after it ended, and they should have put it like on Saturday mornings on MTV. There's nothing against cartoons. Obviously, MTV embraces cartoons, and this is pretty cool. Uh huh. I love. Looks like they had a promo, video to radio single, and then that's a uh, kid video. The TV show hits, and that's it. Was that was that a record? Uh, I'm not sure. It's just their record. I think it's other TV shows as well. That that the theme song's on it. I think. Uh, just called Kid Video. The TV show hits is the album. And the funny thing CBS is, CBS put it out. This was, this kind of like the way the monkeys were. They did open auditions. They put together a band for the show instead of the band uh, existing already. Right. But it, just like the Monkees, I think it was maligned for no reason whatsoever. A lot of bands are put together. Uh, right. You know, I mean, not obviously the percentage of like homegrown is a lot higher than you know studio born. I mean, everybody here is really talented. And they put together. Each person has like their own unique style, and I think they gave everybody a chance to sing a song. I think yeah. I like I think I like the more rock and roll ones that Robbie Brist would do, like uh, Video Romeo, is pretty good. Right. Um, the sappy ones, of course, me being a guy, it's a little harder for me to get to. Some of the songs, obviously, you know, it's full on. Like, oh, this is from the '80s. You know, you know, you can hear like a lot of synth pop. But in general, they're <laughs> they're pretty good songs. They could have really just like phoned in everything. It's just a kids' right. cartoon. They could have just, you know, done taken twelve songs that weren't good enough for another artist and put them out. You know. In fact, it, even the people who perform the music, they could have just said, ah, you know what, let's just have them pretend and, and bring in studio musicians. But no, these guys are real musicians. In fact, I don't know if everybody here still is in the industry. Of course, Robbie Rist, you probably recognize him. He was Cousin Oliver on Brady Bunch. Yes. And the funny thing is, I thought he was on for a whole season. He was only in for like six episodes. I have your, your memory as a kid, for some reason, changes it. You're like, wait, I thought he was on for right. at least a year. But no, just a handful of episodes. And that was a last-minute last minute ditch effort to save the Brady Bunch, and it didn't work. Right, because everybody was getting too old. And, yeah. you know, he would go on to do regular TV stuff. And I think there was kind of a period where, I don't know if he was in school or what, or maybe he was just doing guest starring stuff. But then he got this, and that really launched the whole music career. Because he still performs music to this day. And, he's of course, he's known for his voice work now. Right. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know, he's uh, Mikey in the whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Really? Yep. Wait, did I say that backwards? <laughs> yeah, okay, so in the movies, it's... Oh, my goodness. Am I wrong here? I have to look this up. I want to say... I'm sure he's Mikey. Because uh, Corey Feldman's Donatello. Uh, right. All right, you know, I'm just going to look this up because I feel like a fool. A fool, man, a fool. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was an Iron Eagle right after this ended. He was one of the kids, you know, part of uh, Jason Getter's group. Okay. Other than that, I really haven't seen him do a whole lot of acting. He does tons of voice work, though. That's pretty much his bread and butter. Yeah, he plays Michelangelo in all the movies. Oh, I forgot about this. Okay, so you know after the Revenge of the Nerds movies ended, they did a pilot for Fox, and he played Booger. 
<laughs> he doesn't look like the booger from the movie, but he had the attitude down. Right. Awesome. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff. He does. I don't know what initial D is. I know some cartoons. You know, eighties cartoons are my my thing, but. I don't really know a whole lot of the anime stuff, but he does a lot of this cartoon called Initial D, and I've seen a lot of the manga available on the shelves. He did Jackie Chan Adventures, Naruto, Mega Man. He was on an episode of Batman, the animated series, Extreme Ghostbusters. <laughs> he's in Sharknado. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in, he's, uh, he's in Doc McStuffins. Really? Yeah, he plays Stuffy. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. My son loves that show. I have never seen it, but when I worked toys, we saw that a lot. Like a lot right. of Doc McStuffins. Oh, he in fact does all the music for the Sharknado movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I haven't even seen those. Have you seen them yet? I honestly have not had <laughs> the desire to, but I have a weird thing. I may one of these days. I have a weird thing with movies that purposely try to be bad. Like right. I like it when they try to be good and they fail horribly. That's the kind of thing I'm like, oh, well, I can see where you're going, but man, you went wrong. <laughs> but when you're like purposely bad, I got a, I got a weird problem with that. Right. Renaissance man, they say Robbie is. That's awesome. Oh, and there's actually an official website for kid video. It's called Flipside. KVFlipside.org. That, that's uh, what I'm looking at right now. Actually, it's not a badly put together website. This is a pretty, and they've been around since 99. That's devoted. Remember how many people started websites around 97, 99, and they always look kind of crummy, and then they just ditched them? So they using, was a uh, cookie-cutter website makers like uh, Angel Fire and... Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, so... I had a couple of my own. Okay, so Disney now owns the rights to the show. So I guess if you want the show to be released, you need to write to them. Uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking... Could they redo this show and it'd be all right? <laughs> well, our music video. Or they totally ruin it because this is really an '80s vibe thing, you know? Well, no, I think it's still relevant. It's just music videos themselves. The whole right. concept has changed. Yeah, it wouldn't. I don't know. Probably wouldn't last long. Wow. Okay. So here's the deal: the kid video album was released on cassette and vinyl, but only in Israel. <laughs> You know, I think I remember reading somewhere where that it, it was really popular overseas. It seems like anything I like is more popular overseas than... Are you a big David Hasselhoff fan? <laughs> okay, except for that. He's but... huge in Germany. <laughs> and then there was a... You know, it's funny. There's a lot of like TV actors that were popular overseas, but not here. Or like you find out someone did this commercial overseas. You're like, they got a ton of money to do this pop commercial in Japan. You never see it. You're like... What is that world that they're in? They'll never do a commercial in America, but they'll go over there because they don't think it'll tarnish or help. Maybe it'll help uh, box office sales if they do that over there. The thing is, back in the 80s, you could do that. It didn't really get over here very often. But today is the day of the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything is available in one way or another, I would imagine. There's still right. some stuff. Man, I search and search and dig and dig. I search high and low for Head of the Class. You remember that TV show? Yes. I uh, search high and low class. for anything about it. You know, anybody putting it out on DVD or maybe some... I mean, it sounds bad, but I, if they're not going to put it on DVD, I was looking to see if someone would post something online about it. Finally, someone put some episodes on YouTube, but if if the company was were to put the series out tomorrow, I'd totally buy it. Right. I'm sure there's lots of people who would like, yeah, sure, this is on YouTube right now, but if Kid Video came out on DVD remastered, you know, because this is kind of a... I mean, it's not a terrible VHS, but it's still VHS. If someone would clean right. it up, man, I know there's a lot of fans out there would buy it up. 
Maybe a slap on a couple commentary tracks. Maybe a reunion concert with the band. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of curious as to what I was watching instead of this. That would take forever for me to see what the schedule was like on Saturdays. I mean, I could even be just out late playing baseball. I have no idea. That's not I hear you. Do Where's kids, Brian now? Do kids still play baseball? I never hear about that anymore. I never see kids at baseball parks anymore. Unless well, they're see, officially part of a league. Kids over here playing baseball in our neighborhood. And they play a lot of Saturday football. Well, after school football, too. So. Can you believe that Saturday morning cartoon is done? There's no more Saturday. Just, there's, there's no new content being created anymore. The last channel, I think, was uh, WB or maybe Fox. They, they were doing something, and then they just got rid of it last year. That was such a sucks. regular part for us. You know, Saturday mornings, first couple hours, we rip into some cartoons and go out and play. Wow. I guess huh. this, I guess we didn't have Cartoon Channel or Boomerang or The Hub or... Uh, I feel like there's a couple of Nickelodeon, you know. Well, we had Nickelodeon, but we didn't have the other stuff. You had Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, well, some people had Nickelodeon. You're right, I was kind of poor. I watched Nickelodeon at my uncle's house. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, I had to watch it at Grandma's. You know what's funny is I swear I just watched an episode before this. The animation on these characters looks completely different. I wonder. I wonder if they license numerous episodes out to other people. Though I think I think the episode I, wa- I just watched was from season two, so it could yeah it could have been just a different company. Right. I love the artwork, like um, the backgrounds, the layouts. Yes. The characters, of course. I mean, it's eighties animation, so and then you know, kind of, it's a little rough. Like the arms look a little bit too long on some of the characters. <laughs> Yeah, there was a scene there where one of the guys, his arms looked just a little too long. Here's that Lionel Richie. <laughs> what do you mean? I just watched it's Lionel like, Richie like five minutes ago. Where are you at? Did you? Oh, apparently, I'm behind then. <laughs> Wait, are, are you in the episode with... Hold on a second. You know what? I watch this on my Xbox, and sometimes the playlist is not correct. No, I'm still I'm on the right episode. Are you still watching To Beat the Band? <laughs> I'm watching uh, part... I'm on part three, about halfway through it. Yeah, I'm. Four minutes I'm into it. They're in a prison cell. That's playing. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. They're running up the stairs now. They just escaped. Oh, yeah. You're ahead of me. <laughs> oh, it, it, it doesn't. Back it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love the fact that they're the copycats and they just like take these people from another world and they steal their music and I guess that's how they become rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the entire series? Like, was this a regular weekly thing for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The sad part is I don't remember a whole lot about it because I don't remember a whole lot about anything when I was a kid. So. Well, it was 30 years ago. Yeah, I was like, my sisters remember every detail. How I was remember that? How was that? Why is it guys can't remember, it's but like, if you were to bring up something like, yeah, this car, you know, this, this person yeah, designed yeah. this car and it has this engine <laughs> in it, or sports, you're like, oh, yeah, right. the third baseman for the 1985 Cubs. He only played six games <laughs> before he threw out his Achilles tendon. You know, it's like stuff like that. We know that. <laughs> But they're like, did you pick up the milk in the grocery? You're like, oh, come on. Oh, man, I can't believe I forgot again. No. Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to snow. You need the milk and bread. Anyway. So as Master Blaster, oh, yeah. you think his hair is intentionally up in, like, devil's horns? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Why is his name Master Blaster? I haven't figured that out. Because he looks like he might be a, a, a lawyer. His name's, like, Doug McKenzie or something like that, you know. Okay, I, t- I took that from Strange Brew. I don't know why that name popped in my head. It was one of the... Larry Finkelstein. <laughs> his, his intentions vary from episode to episode. 
So he's bipolar. Sometimes he wants to rule the whole flip side. Sometimes he wants to control its music. <laughs> anyway. And he's, why, he's, why is he human? Did he come from our world? Astrobo. Whatever. From what I can he's really tell, amazing. he's from that land. If they make this into a movie, you have to get Danny DeVito. <laughs> He'd be perfect. Yeah, cartoons combining rock and roll and sci-fi. That's a great idea. I can't believe I didn't know about this. I mean, I knew about it, but I mean, like, I never experienced it. I probably would have been a regular watcher. It's pretty entertaining. Right. And it looks good. I like the music. Some Even of the acting is poor. It's, it's like rushed, you know, because you got to get, you know, some people are rushed their lines. Yeah. Well, animation's a very fast production. Especially, yeah. well, Simi is probably faster, but, um... Honestly, I think all the cartoons from the 80s were like that. Yeah, I mean, those guys are really talented. They can switch voices. They can, you know, go with certain things. But I don't know if the directors just, they didn't have a feel for it. They played it down. I, I never understood why cartoons are better now. I mean, I can't imagine direction has changed that much. Is it just because of speed or, you know, the companies wanted them to sound a certain way? But you watch cartoons right. now, and they really put a lot of effort into making them seem like real people. I mean, and they're, right. I mean, yes, I know. You know what I mean? Like, they're believable, the the, the performances exactly oh, rainbow yeah. bright <laughs> <laughs> rainbow bright hasn't had a comeback strawberry shortcake has one what is that now rainbow bright's still out there as far as video goes so i remember looking it up a while back for my sister why is that monster it... so much bigger than rainbow bright <laughs> that's a bad guy lurky yeah he looks like a fur ball with a big never mind <laughs> <laughs> Schnoz. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, it's a giant coffee bean, actually. It kind of looks like a giant coffee bean hanging off his face. Wait, is this the same? This is Rainbow Bright again, right? That's odd. Oh, is that the girl from the Poltergeist? Poltergeist. That's what I thought. Huh. I can't remember if it's the first or second one. Didn't the first girl die and then she got replaced or something like that? Oh, man. I. That's oh, her. Patio huh. Green. Oh, okay. Poking at the Irish, I see. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I thought it was really cool that they would end every cartoon with a music video. Yes. And they're decently done. I mean, this is a time when there wasn't a whole lot of money for music videos either. Though it reeks of the 80s. It reeks. Yes. Neon, which I, I love the 80s. Neon. I was going to say, I love videos from the 80s. I don't... <laughs> so videos much nowadays, nah. Well, now it's just booty shaking in front of the camera. Exactly. There's no fun involved in it at all. It's just... Yeah, it's like, okay, so this has a decent amount of money, but for the most part, it's still pretty low budget. And back then, they had to take whatever money they had and create an image and have fun, get people excited about it. Yep. Of course, Devo being one of like those early guys that got into music videos and they had no money, and they were just trying to think of something wild and crazy to do. The influence of that, that of Devo and other artists that are similar to it, they did kind of go overboard with the look. So sometimes you're like, oh, flock of seagulls. No, no. Lots of hairspray. Lots of weird hairdos. Lots of makeup. There's only a little bit of makeup here. It looks like a pretty, like, average, everyday guy. Right. You know, that regular mascara you wear. Yeah. Your everyday mascara. <laughs> Boy, do you think Twisted Sister regrets the makeup at all? Cause they're oh, actually I'll bet a, all of them do. They're a pretty good <laughs> band, and I think the makeup kind of undermined the, the, the quality of their music. Made them a little cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, this this is a, I mean, this played on regular MTV, this would be a respected video. It's not aimed at children. It's not like silly little nonsense. It's fun. 
and bouncy, so anybody could enjoy it. Perfectly made for their audience at the time too. And it's good music, I think. How is this? How did they not have a CD? How did they not have you know, an album in America? You think they would at least put out one? Hard telling, man. Boy, I gotta tell you, even though his character is like smart, so his nickname is the Wiz. Nobody <laughs> should have the name Wiz. There, there was a character in Marvel Comics called the Wizard, and his costume was yellow. Oh no. Yep, and I don't think it was intentional. I think it just like someone really didn't think it out. <laughs> yeah, so that you know, Motown Records owned the rights to the Lionel Richie part, so they would have to cut that out, and they would have to cut out a lot of music. I noticed there's quite a few bits and pieces of music throughout that's not there. Right. All right, so that's I guess that's man. it for Kid Video. That was a lot of fun. So you know, I found that episode and a few others, but I don't think the whole seasons are out there unless you found something I didn't. No, I just I kind of just mixed through. There's like a playlist on here of Kid Video stuff. So some of it's music videos. And then some of it's the episodes. But anything, at least a handful of episodes is better than nothing. Exactly. And at Nothing least it's, it's watching your too. past. Sometimes you find, uh, like, someone posts to YouTube, but it looks so bad. There's lines, and it kind of chirps, and the audio's gone. At least right. this one's pretty solid. Whoever taped this either must have taken it from a master, or they just had a really well-kept videotape. Yeah, none, none of what, my tapes survived from back then. None. No, no, no. I think I think most of mine I transferred over to DVD that survived, and then I got I, there's they were so bad quality that I just couldn't. Right. Well, I think that's, that's it for us. I love doing this show because, you know, a lot of people are kind of sticklers. They want you to know everything about a cartoon before you discuss it. But this is more about sharing. I find mm -hmm. cartoons that you guys didn't watch, and we watch them. Or most of the part, it's you guys bringing this stuff to me that I've never heard of, and I don't shy away from. Well, I've never seen it, and I can't talk about it. No, you know, I, I kind of watch a few episodes, I dig in, look at some research, and uh, let you guys discuss how you guys, why you guys loved it so much that you would bring it to a show. Well, I'm glad I could share it. Thank you. Sharing is caring. <laughs> It's always great when I can bring something to you that you haven't seen. Yeah, well, you know, the other way around. <laughs> I didn't watch a whole lot of cartoons. Um, I, I find myself watching a lot of Bugs Bunny, a lot of G.I. Joe, Transformers, but there's a lot right. of cartoons I did not stick through the entire run. I could count what I stuck through probably on one hand. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. So some of the stuff I can't find. There's a cartoon called Spaghetti and Meatballs. I don't know if you'll remember it all, but it's, a, it's another rock and roll show from the same time period. And it was about this like big chubby guy who looked like Jack Black and this skinny little girl. So he was like a meatball. She was like a spaghetti noodle. And the dog was in the band, I think. And they had friends. Whatever, they go on tour. And they always get into these misadventures while they're on tour. And I remember having really good music. And the thing is completely lost. There's not a single bit of history outside of like maybe an IMDb listing. There's no Wikipedia entry. There's no video. And it may be lost forever. And it, it just it hurts that. Right. No matter if it, no matter what you feel about something, like unless it breaks some sort of laws, like snuff films, um, it should be available. I mean, it's right. it's uh, who who are you to judge what should be saved and what shouldn't be saved? Any art should be saved, and that's why I, I love about YouTube. YouTube has and other you know video sites have uh, made that available. So if you have some sort of animated series out there that's not online, you want to share with people, I'm pretty sure the world would be cool with that. <laughs> Yes. So, um, if listeners, thank you for the support. We're at year one, and downloads are rising. Again, a lot of support from the fans.
And the first one is going to be Phantom Twenty Forty. This is something I grew up watching. All right. And I was, yeah, no, it's some and 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 they announced the movie with uh, Billy Zay, and I was really excited. You know, and as a kid, my standards were pretty low, so you know, hey, he wasn't too much of a critic. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, ah, now as an adult, I uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to watch still, but <laughs> but you still, uh, you still feel good about the cartoon. Yes, actually, I do. I mean, it's um, the one who like uh, directed it and uh, did the character design was Peter Chung, who directed and created uh, Aeon Flux. All right, so and before it... we get too far into discussing, because we don't want to waste any time, um, you're going to find that the original series, about 26 episodes, I think the entire thing is up on YouTube right now. We're go actually going to watch the first chunk uh, of the movie, The Ghost Who Walks. The movie was five episodes, I believe, combined into one. So we're going to watch maybe the first two segments, or maybe just the first segment. depends on – I don't want to go, like, over a half hour. So you'll be able to find it. It's The Ghost Who Walks Parts 1 through 5, and I'm sure someone else has probably, you know, just the one episode. And uh, I guess we'll just put hit play now.
Okay, so the one thing you'll notice is that not only is this a reboot of a classic character, they really reinterpreted the whole concept, and adding the CGI at the time was groundbreaking, and, and also the fact that, you know, it's something new to this world. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially, I guess, I mean, this is kind of this whole cyberpunk kind of era. Yeah. Just from, the, like, judging from the looks of it. That, and, the, and, you know, with Phantom lore, there's, like, always a Phantom for every generation. And this is the 24th Phantom. Then, um, you know what's funny is, I think this might be, I can't remember, is Reboot before this? I think Reboot was after this. This is 1994. I think Reboot came out in 95. And then Beast Wars was 96. All three of those very heavy on the CGI. Now, this one isn't completely CGI. Um, a lot of the set pieces, like the buildings and ships and stuff, are CGI. The characters themselves are classically animated. So Some it's not the... completely CGI, but I believe it's the first series to use like at least this much. And you can kind of tell it's a little flat, but for animation back then, this is amazing. Yeah, Spider-Man, the animated series, did that sometimes, too. They would have uh, some CG animated uh, yeah. scene. I was in you know. high school, and I think, you know what, I think it was the same year. I want to say 94 is when that Spider-Man series launched. So, yeah, maybe oh. at the same time. And the funny thing is, you know, CGI was not cheap by any means. And so they're going to use it on something that they believe people are going to watch. Either it's going to be completely fresh and something that's going to blow people's mind, or it's going to be, you know, something that's already popular, and they're going to add CGI to it to kind of, you know, redo it like the way it was with Transformers. Phantom was not that popular, and it's never really been popular in America. And I think the reason why someone would invest so much money into this is because it is huge overseas. Oh, yeah, and then overseas, like, would love, you know, usually overseas are the ones who, like, like what we don't like. Right. Like, like at France, you know, they were okay with Greece, but they loved Greece, too. America didn't, not so much. What? Where did you get that fact? <laughs> so random. Uh, I remember I remember in French class in high school. <laughs> you know, they have characters over there. Of course, the Smurfs were over in France, and, you know, they're, they're really popular here, but they're completely different over there. I mean, if you read the original books, they're much more serious and political. There's Asterix and Obelisk. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I do remember Asterix and Obelisk. They're massive overseas, but they haven't even made the slightest bit of dent. You know, no, not, nothing over here. I mean, there's you'll get maybe a directed video release, maybe, and you'll get some of the books like in the library, but... You know, that's something that's huge overseas, but not here. And the Phantom what? is huge in Australia. It's huge in Africa. I think oh, maybe France and stuff like that, it's pretty popular. But in America, it just really has not, it hasn't really taken off. I don't know why. I mean, I remember, I mean, shoot, the Phantom's been around, like, what, since the 40s? Like, along with Flash Gordon? Well, yeah, uh, Lee Falk created them in the 30s. I believe there's mm -hmm. a radio show. And, of course, there's the classic strip, the Sunday strip, which I read around 1990, 91. That was the first time I ever saw it, and it was pretty cool. I didn't really understand the fact that it would continue after generation after generation. You know, because most cartoon characters or comic book characters, it doesn't go into the sons of or the daughters of. You know, it doesn't go from generation to generation. It just stays with that one particular character. And it was such a unique idea that the hero could die, and he's replaced. Yeah, it is. That is a unique idea. I wish they kind of did that with some of them more often. I mean, it's kind of like the concept in uh, Batman Begins with, you know, the character of Ra's al Ghul. He's not a, like, you know, a man who's lived for 600 years. Like, if, you know, the predecessor dies, then someone else takes up his place. Like, cheap parlor trick. Right. The name is what really matters. It the, inspires fear among the criminal world. The one funny thing about the Phantom is, at no point, Chris, they're all named Kit Walker, I believe. You know, just Kit Walker Jr., Kit Walker III, Kit Walker the Fourth. You know, I mean, they all go by Kit Walker, I believe. I could be wrong. There's so many of them. 
There's such well, a long history of the Phantom that I'm not 100% certain of that. But at one point, do you think there was a Kit Walker who's like, y- you know what? No, we're good. I don't feel like eh, wearing that purple suit for one. And, <laughs> and B, yeah, I don't feel like getting you know, shot at every day. This scene right here, I, he, I just noticed he just ate his uh, burrito. I guess everything's kind of like processed. All the food's kind of processed. Pretty much, you know, foretelling what's go- going on in America right now. Right. <laughs> and he just takes the wrapper and he just like rubs it in between his hands and then it just this, it just disintegrates. It, it goes into thin air. Yeah, we talked oh. numerous times about how Batman, the animated series, changed cartoons. You know, made them much more mature, sophisticated, uh, complicated. And the fact the storylines were more like regular TV shows. They just happened to be animated. And the Phantom almost takes that, that idea and just cranks it up. I mean, this is very sophisticated ideas, very political, very social commentary. Uh, the animation design, of course is amazing it's so unusual for anything on regular everyday cartoons you know this would not play on saturday mornings i know I, you have to thank peter chung for it i mean you know he's worked like you said he created aeon flux he's also worked on he was a storyboard uh, animator and artist for uh you know rugrats and all these big cartoons and he also directed a uh, diablo 3 wrath it was like a animated movie that was on dvd i believe oh, okay and also, Peter Chung, he also created the, uh, you know, the uh, opening scene. He created the, uh, lo- he was uh, helped create the uh, logo and the storyboards for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What, the new movie? Oh, no, 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 the old cartoon. Oh, like the okay, original okay. Where he was first starting. And, you know, he, as I said, I think I said before, he worked on Transformers and Transformers movies as a storyboard artist. And <clears throat> since then, he's been kind of doing his own thing. And then there was also... Um, Another one he did of the same character design was Rain the Conqueror. Well, that's what it's called in the U.S., but it's actually Alexander. Okay. Great. That's an anime? Oh. Or is that a French series? Or Oh, no, it's anime. Okay. It's like this. But um, here, I do want to say here, the voice actors, that's Margot Kidder as, you know, the corporate CEO, who's pretty much, you can tell, is the villain. And then Graft here, that's Ron Perlman. No kidding. Man, yeah. So, you know what's weird about his artwork is it's it's fascinating to look at, but sometimes his characters are kind of disgusting. Like yeah, they, it, it, it's it's pretty bizarre. And I believe Scott Scott Valentine did the voice of the Phantom. Most people remember uh, Scott Valentine. He was on Val, uh, uh, Family Ties, like the last four or five years, and he was in My Demon Lover. <laughs> have you ever seen that yeah. movie? Like a but uh, I think it might have been on in Cinemax one night uh, during Halloween. Which I did have no time to watch because as soon as I got home, I just immediately went to sleep. Oh, hey. I wouldn't get home. It also has Lee Remini from King of Queens and Mark Hamill doing voice work. Nice. Leah Remini, yeah, she's the cop who helps him out eventually. And then, yeah, uh, doctor, he's the doctor. Uh, Mark Hamill's the big news guy, the little cyborg Andro who has like a bunch of plugs in his head and like one eye. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, no, like I said, I mean, Mark Hamill, I think he's a wonderful voice actor. I will say that. And if you're going to act, put him in big movies, uh, you might have to stick him to comedic roles. Or, you know, Star Wars Episode Seven, which will be coming out in mm-hmm. 2015. I know, real quick, what did you think of the trailer? Oh, I was let down. I was not like, wow. Now, you want to talk about a trailer that made me like go, holy moly! Terminator? What was that? Oh, that was my phone. Oh, sorry, I just got an email. <laughs> oh, that was insane. I thought you were like honking your hood. Never mind. Um. Were you Terminator? Were you excited by that trailer? Uh, yeah, that one was okay. The one I was excited about was Mad Max. 
Mad Max, the whole thing. We just, I was like, uh, floor, uh, pick myself up off the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we have to, we have to, we have to discuss this another time. DC's yeah. uh, move. But here, here's where the action starts, and it turns out, you know, Kit Walker's aunt knows exactly, you know, the whole family history. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's trying to from doing it. And here we go. Oh, the two classic pistols. Yeah. Now, did you ever yeah. read The Phantom at all, or is this the first experience you had with the character? As a kid, yeah, this was the first experience I had. But growing older, I kind of looked back into it, and I saw some old family photos. My uh, my little brother, when he was like, what, I think one years old? Uh-huh. One or my great-grandparents were letting him play with this phantom figure, action figure. You know, what's funny is um, this never aired where uh, I, I lived. Like, when I lived in Indiana, this was this. no one even heard of this. And then one day I was at Walmart, and they had, like, a collection of the episodes. You know, it's the the VHS, whatever, the ghost who walks. And as far as I know, I think that's the only thing available in America is that one movie, and it's not on DVD. It's only VHS. Uh, overseas, the first season is on DVD. I guess if you have, like, one of those DVD players that's region-free, you can play it, but we're kind of out of luck. Unfortunately. Yeah, so I only experienced the VHS, and that was it. I'd never been able to watch the episode. So, you two, thank you for whoever posted this, because that's all we got. Exactly, yeah. No, it is. It's fantastic. It is. Like I said, and it's, fast, it's fantastic knowing that some people who have, you know, grown up, like, during the 80s and 90s and, like, recorded all these shows and uploaded them onto YouTube. Like, thank you. Like, I'm sure there's, like, a bunch of commercials, and I know it was trending a lot on Facebook, that workout video. <laughs> I, love, crazy I love it when they leave the commercials in, because we were watching one yesterday. We did, um, oh, my goodness, I can't remember the episode. Oh, we did Kid Video. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was, like, MTV meets Cartoon World, this, these, this rock band that get kidnapped and sucked into this whole world or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but someone left oh. all the commercials in from 1984, and we were so wowed by all the stuff that existed back then because me and Ron grew up in that era. And we're like, oh, my God, I remember those. I remember that, too. <laughs> I love when people leave the commercials in. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember watching Master of the Universe like clips on uh, YouTube when uh, before I bought it on DVD. But I want to say right here where he's, like, trying to scan the leaf. Uh-huh. It's like even nature and wildlife itself is kind of, you know, disintegrating. And there's only, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the only jungles left alive are in Africa and New Brazil. So I'm like, oh, good. Good. That needs to happen. I'm glad those people are still fighting. Yeah, and that's the thing about the Phantoms. This completely changes his whole world. Now, it's true in the comics, and especially in the movie, there would be times he would go into civilization. But for the most part, he stayed in the jungle. He was the protector of the jungle. And that's kind of the way it always worked. But now, this takes an idea, you know, taking him to the future. The city is the jungle, you know, urban jungle. But at the same time, it has um, social political bent to it, saying that we're destroying the environment. There's hardly any jungle left. That was a really smart, sophisticated idea that most cartoons were not attempting back then. I know. It, it is, this cartoon is ahead of its time, especially with the, you know, the political and social issues. And they're parodying it. Yeah, and at the same time, it's not like Captain Planet where it kind of hammers you over the head. You have to be somewhat intelligent you know, to get the subtlety of it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I will say, honestly, looking at her... When she like makes an angry face. She reminds me of Doctor Blight, that chick who had like who's kind of like Two Face. The uh, she has blonde. She covers half her face up with her hair. What what is this in? Doctor Blight. I know yeah. the name. What is that from? Uh, uh, like I said, I mean, she reminds me of one of the villains in Captain Planet, the blonde haired oh, girl. Planet. That's why I only know the name. I never watched Captain Planet. I thought it was ridiculous nonsense. Okay. I never watched it. 
But no, yeah, it definitely, oh my god, Captain Planet, I will say, I'm just going to say this one thing about Captain Planet, there was one episode that raised AIDS awareness. Yeah, it's just the mullet, the mullet threw me off, and I was like, no, because I was, I was a little older by then, I was like, yeah, it's alright, I'm good without it. It's totally for green people, it was definitely to make kids more aware of the environment and how they should help out, which I think was a very novel approach. It was, and it's a good idea, in fact, I should give it a try, because now that I'm older, I can handle kind of silly nonsense that's aged weird. Yep. So, and um, here we go. Yeah, so besides the Phantom in this cartoon, the comic strip, they tried numerous times to make it a comic book series. I know DC tried and it failed. I think they actually tried a couple times. It just didn't take off. And there's um, a small company called Moonstone Comics. They have been very successful at doing like kind of lower level. You know, it's not as expensive. But Chuck Dixon is a hell of a writer. And uh, he's been doing it for off and on for the last decade. I think Dynamite's now doing the Phantom. So, you know, pick those up. Right. I think Dynamite's also doing The Shadow. Yes, The Shadow. Okay, I really love The Shadow. I wish there, there's never been a cartoon of The Shadow, and I've always been confused as to why when it's it's so open to you know, animation. And that's one I could talk about forever and ever. I listen to the radio shows. Um, you know, I read well, the comics, great. the books. Great. I know. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I watched the movie. The first, well, the thing that got me open to it was, of course, you know, the one with Alec Baldwin. Right. What? I thought he. I thought it was a great shadow. I thought I didn't think the movie was that bad. No, it's not. Well, it's just there's certain aspects that don't, like Alec Baldwin's good, but the villain's not that entertaining, and the story doesn't have enough drive. Russell Mulcahy's more of a flashy guy. He never really had like the energy to his movies, and I'll probably right. say the same thing for the Phantom movie. The story is okay. The action sequences are fun, but at the same time, something about it just doesn't work. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's too much of a kid's movie. But, you know, after the uh, Batman movie was so successful, Dick Tracy got greenlit, Rocketeer, you know, all these movies set in the 30s and 40s, and I love that, and I really wish that they would continue, but I think after the Shadow bombing and the Phantom bombing, they kind of just went, yeah, you know, we're okay. Well, honestly, Batman, actually, that I think that's actually, uh, there's a special feat, a 25-minute documentary. I mean, if you don't have, I mean, unless you ha don't have it on Blu-ray or you don't have the four-disc special edition of the, Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher movies, then it's really not worth it worth buying. But I mean, the only difference is that this twenty-five minute documentary explaining how Batman changed the cinematic blockbuster. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah, Jaws is the one that created it, but Batman pretty much perfected it. Well, especially from a marketing standpoint, because even with Star Wars being so huge with merchandising, it wasn't mm -hmm. that popular in the beginning. It took a year or so for the merchandising to really kick in. Whereas Batman, they had merchandising everywhere before the movie ever even came out i mean you saw you saw the logo every single store you went to months before it ever came out so everybody's like what is this oh my god it's so exciting and people just buy a vhs tape of the trailer right and dick now, right. tracy did really well with merchandising the phantom in the shadow i can't really recall much merchandising for him at all the movies but i remember action figures of the shadow yeah oh really i didn't know they made yeah. any um i'll tell you this for years i had the shadow ring um, uh, Best Buy at the time was giving out these little rings. They're like really metal rings, not plastic, metal. And if you bought the VHS, you would get one of these rings. And I had a friend there who hooked us up because there was a bunch left over. And I'm like, they wouldn't even fit on my pinky. They're meant for like little kids. And walking around with a phantom ring on your pinky is just bizarre. So we stretched them out or whatever, heated them up, pulled them apart. And I wore that yeah. for years. And I ended up selling it on eBay, even with me stretching it out. I sold it on eBay for like 25 bucks or something like that. Good. It's probably worth more now. Honestly, I wanted to say here, like earlier, um, when you see the history of the Phantom from like the 1500s, right. that boy, 
that boy kind of looked like a little girl. It was a little misleading. He looked like he was wearing like a little short dress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes think... the characters at times, like at certain angles with this character design, uh-huh. like kind of have a feminine look to them. Yeah, unless they it's have kind of his no. style. All the, this was, I think, was pretty interesting right here. This concept, like the magnetic. Yeah, definitely advancing him beyond just, you know, 245s, having all the gadgets. So he's like, you know, James Bond meets Batman, you know. Beyond, I mean, the Phantom wasn't really known for gadgets. He just had, like, his 245s and some, you know, butt-kicking skills. Exactly. But this one, yeah, you know, he has to, like, upgrade, you know, upgrade. with the time. Upgrade! Upgrade! Oh, something came out two weeks later. Upgrade again! <laughs> Plus, he's not a... Plus, in this, the, sorry, is it the purple costume you think is the problem that, you know, why people really can't get into the character? Do you think the purple is something that the boys are like, nah, it looks weird? Not for me. No, I don't mind the purple. If anything, that's kind of cool. I kind of want to see something other than that. If it was pink, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Now, the movie, of course, wasn't very successful, but it's funny. I was reading Bruce Campbell's book, and did you know, you know who Bruce Campbell is, correct? Yes, of course. Sorry, just checking. You never know. I want to assume things. Um, Bruce Campbell was second up for the Phantom, and then he just got beat up by Billy Zane, who is fine in the role, but it would have been interesting to see uh, Bruce Campbell. I don't know if he would have played it straight, or he would have been kind of tongue-in-cheek. But he did do, uh, I'm probably guessing a little more tongue-in-cheek, but as far as like uh, Bruce Campbell goes, I mean, he wasn't as big of a name as Billy Zane. No, Billy Zane had been working in, the, you know, I mean, he wasn't always in the theaters or some of his stuff that went straight to video, but he was rising a lot faster than Bruce Campbell. But I think it's because Bruce Campbell, you know, he had just come off of Briscoe County Jr., where he did lots of high adventure kind of stuff, and he had a classic look, and, you know, he had that square jaw. You know, he looked like a superhero. And he was charming, and he was funny. He did a lot of his own stunts. So, and I think the writer of, if I remember correctly, the writer and creator of Briscoe County Jr. ended up being the writer of the Phantom movie, so that's how they end up, you know, getting his name in the basket. Mm-hmm. But what I want to say, when it comes to, um... <clears throat> Billy Zane, he was actually a male model at first, and he was also in Memphis Belle with Sean Astin and oh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a really good movie. Yeah, Matthew Modine was in that too. Yeah, I remember watching that in history class in high school. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and Billy Zane, I still think would be the perfect Lex Luthor. Billy Zane could be a great Lex Luthor, that's for damn sure. I mean, he honestly, his voice is the closest to, um, oh god, who, who did him in the animated movie? He played uh, Clancy Brown? Yeah, I want to say Clancy Brown. That's it. That is it. Damn it, I was right. Yes. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, Billy Zane would definitely have that uh, kind of like evil villain. But kind of smooth. Demon Knight. He, he would seduce you. Yes, Demon Knight tells me right there that he could have been Lex Luthor because he just like has a seductive quality. But you know he's evil, but there's something about him that's just like, yeah, I come, I'm listening. Go ahead. Plus, Billy Zane, Billy Zane, has, I don't think he's aged at all. No, he pretty much looks the same. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no. As far as Jesse Eisenberg, uh, you know, I, he is. He's actually, like, 31. So he's, like, the right age for Lex Luthor. And along with, um, yeah, along with Henry Cavill, they're, like, both in the same age range. They're both 31 years old. That makes sense, yeah. That's good. Yeah. And plus, I think Jesse Eisenberg will kill it. Oh. Right here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mark Hamill. I don't know what's going on with his face, but that's a little gross. Yeah, I know. He's, he's constantly plugging stu- stuff into his head. And I think he was, yeah, Mark Hamill was still working on Batman, too, as Joker. Well, it's uh, Andrea Romano. She did the voice direction for Batman. She got hired for this. So, makes oh, yeah. sense. 
yeah, pretty much all the DC animated movies that, that, that have come out, she's always the voice, the uh, voice direction director. She does a great you job. Know? No, I know. Yeah, she is. She's fantastic. She's like the number one person to go to. But I mean, I will say right here that um, at that moment where you know what's his name, the doctor, you know, news reporter. I keep forgetting his name. But yeah, like I, when he comes in, like he kind of does bring a little bit more color in to the to the scene. Not I only that, I think it was a vibrant personality too. I was looking this up. Have you seen the uh, Phantom, the TV movie that they had on Sci-Fi Channel? It's like a mini series. No, it's pretty boring. It, I mean, it cost a fortune, and I mean for a TV movie status, but it's so dull. Oh, I didn't care about anybody in the cast. All it has like Isabella Rossellini, and it just slow as a snail, and it's like three nights worth, and just uh, I would say ignore it. Even though the Knopfs, the guys responsible for Carnival and doing some really great stuff with the Iron Man comic book, they wrote the script. It just it has no, just no power. Yeah, that's the problem with writing. You gotta have like, I mean, what was it? as in no power? What is it? What do you mean by that? Well, okay, so there's no real great villain. There's no great script. There's no drive to it. The actors are not that good. They just don't seem like they the right for it i mean as silly as the 1996 movie is the it looks amazing in comparison to the miniseries it's like one of those kind of oh we shot it in bulgaria and some of it in canada and it just looks dull and dreary and the phantom needs to pop you know it's got bright colors amazing action and it just it was washed out and i don't know and the costume's weird looking it's all like metal and it's i mean it's not all metal but it, it looks like it doesn't look like the phantom i'll have to look it up yeah, it was no, a sci-fi like... mini, uh, sci-fi channel miniseries. It's on DVD. Yeah, honestly, here, okay, here's Leah Ramini, you know, after uh, Captain Vargas and a little dog, her little, her little pet friend. Now I remember in the Phantom, you know, having like you know, animal sidekicks. Yeah, he always had, oh darn it, his wolf. It was something. It was a weird name. Uh, devil. I think it was Devil. Yeah. De- yeah, there was Devil. But I think in this cartoon later on, he finds a Black Panther, and it's like one of the last ones in the world. That's cool. Now, yeah, it is. That's definitely more jungle. That's definitely more jungle-like. So here, I will, I do also want to say like that scene earlier with Leia Romini's character. You can tell that's like that's an introduction to like a supporting character. Right. She was in some kind of like riot gear. I mean, she's like this heavy-duty golden metal riot gear. And I mean, unless it was a bomb threat, I'd recommend. I understand wearing that, but come on. You know, the funny thing about this is that it was very. It was critically acclaimed, but it only lasted 35 episodes, and I wonder if it is because it wasn't popular in America. I'm sure it was big overseas, but it's hard to keep an animated show, especially one that looks like it has a decent budget, going when um, you don't have an American audience. At that time, American audience really mattered. Now it seems like it's kind of like, eh, beyond the point. A show could continue without Americans really watching it. Yeah, I know. Let's face it, nobody really likes America. <laughs> well, here's the th- Here's the thing. Oh, spe- oh, God. So this scene I thought was pretty cool right here to actually like see his father and how he's explaining the jungle that moved to the city. Uh-huh. That I thought was like pretty interesting too. I'm like, good. You know, you need- he needs to keep his skull, ca- skull cave layer here. I mean, the one in Africa, I mean, he can't just, especially with all the stuff that's going on in the U.S. Right. He can't like, operate from Africa time to time, constantly flying over there, unless teleportation is possible. But it doesn't seem like it is right now in this, uh, in this, dec- in this time. You know what? This isn't the first time there was a Phantom animated series. It wasn't it was. just the Phantom. About, uh, I want to say 87, there was a series on for a couple years called Defenders of the Earth. 
it was like Justice League, but of that universe. So it oh, was yeah. uh, the Flash. It was Flash Gordon, the Phantom, and Mandrake, the Magician, and like I think a few other people. And they would go around the world as like this Justice League kind of team defending the universe. It was awesome. Yeah, it is. It does. I think. It, I mean, I've actually I think watched the first episode on Hulu. I mean, of course, I haven't had the time to watch any of it after that. Right. Hopefully, I do. I do now. I do now. Thankfully. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> I, can, I can live again. <laughs> yeah, but no, I th- honestly think, I mean, this is where it all develops to now. You, you kind of find out that, you know, Phantom is now going to have, like, some vendetta against the corporation, the Madison Corporation, or Maxwell Corporation. Because yeah. you, you find out, you know, as he was just explaining earlier, like, his father, you know, you know, his father took out, you know, this woman's husband. But thing is, you know, phantoms aren't supposed to kill. Which is kind of funny because I remember, I distinctly remember seeing him kill in, you know, the phantom movie. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, he's got his, he's got guns blazing, especially like near the end when he uh, trashes the uh, Sang Brotherhood and kills up some of those guys. Well, I haven't seen it in a while. I didn't remember him actually killing him. For some reason, I thought he shot them all in the hands, like something cheesy like that. You know, just bam, 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 and then, oh, my hand! Like when you're firing guns like that, from that range, yeah, no, you can. They're not all going to be hands. I haven't seen the movie in a while. For some reason, I thought they're like, oh, okay. He just kicks him in the face and shoots him in the hands. Yeah. My trigger finger. What oh, that was in Russell's Rhapsody, where it was impossible for him to shoot someone, so he always shot him in the trigger finger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're at the half hour point, so we should probably wrap it up. I think this is the first segment is done. Is there anything else you want to say about the Phantom? I will say, I kind of hope I. I hope they continue this franchise somehow. I mean, I at least make a make you make a cool like mobile video game about it, or who knows, a full game release. Yeah, the the animated strip, you know, the paper strip is still being published. Still, since like 1938, it's still going. And you know, the comic book series seems to be doing well for Dynamite. It's just you know the movie bombed, the miniseries tanked. I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day as a as you know as a physical you know live action kind of thing. At least not here. Well, at least not here in the U.S. No, but animated gives it free range. So maybe there should be a new animated series, maybe um like an online exclusive. Oh yeah, that would be pretty cool. Kind of like with what they did with Mortal Kombat Legacy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean live action. I meant like an animated series, like Netflix could pick it up or Hulu or somebody. You know, uh, something and don't make it a parody. Don't make it tongue in cheek. Make it like this or make it like the original series. I mean, it can have light humor, but it needs to be something that's uh. Not tongue in cheek and cheesy. It needs to be something more contemporary if it wants to be successful. Socially, you know, satirical, kind of like you know, RoboCop. Yeah, you know what? They could take a bent like that. They could be uh, more social political, but also with a uh, tongue in cheek approach. Or I just said, don't do a tongue in cheek approach. I'm, I'm a hypocrite. You know what I mean? No tongue. Oh gosh, yeah, I know. I don't blame you, but anyway, yeah. Honestly, I'd love to. I shoot, I'd love to. I'd love to watch this cartoon. I mean, at least have some kind of special. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Some kind, of, some kind of different animation to it, too. I think it's like, gosh, get Hayao Miyazaki to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything would be warped out of its mind. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah. won't happen. I'm sure it'd be Flash animation, probably. But, you know, have some hope. All right, so I think that's it for me here. Any last words? Um, Kids, don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> All right, well, it's, it's good to have you back. So we're going to have a whole bunch of episodes programmed by you. What I love about this show is the fact that you and other hosts introduce me to shows I've never seen before. Like Sometimes we discuss stuff we've both seen, like the G.I. Joe Transformers. 
But I like the stuff that maybe I didn't get the chance to see because, like I said, I lived in Indiana, and we only usually had the most popular stuff. We didn't get this kind of oddball, foreign, you know, there's no anime, there was no French series. It's was, it was kind of irritating. It was, yeah, there's little variety. Yeah. I, I'm sure. Yeah, so you guys but, open up a world to all these cartoons that I never experienced or I was too old at the time to really, like, I... I... to Back in Tunes. This time around, we're going to be doing a special version, an alternate version, and if it works, we'll continue doing it this way. We're going to do two episodes, or sorry, two shows per episode, 
So maybe that way we can shorten down our discussion time, maybe no lag time. So this episode, uh, me and Jacob are going to be discussing Exosquad and then uh, Skeleton Warriors. So the first up is Exosquad. So we're not going to watch right. the whole episode like usual. We're just going to kind of play it while we discuss it. And then after like 10, 15 minutes, we'll just move on to the next thing. So how's it going, Jacob? Uh, everything's going good. You know, I'm still in therapy. Still, <laughs> still having withdrawal. Well, you're having cartoon therapy. Makes you feel better? Yes, yes, it does. Ollie, oh, it's so wonderful again to relive my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you programmed this episode. Um, I have never seen Exo Squad or uh, Skeleton Warriors. You know, next time we're going to have to, I think we've done like four episodes in a row where it's like your programming, which has been really successful, but there's some stuff that I, I'd like to show you. I think we're going to do, uh, we're discussing, we're going to do Thundercats and Tiger Sharks next week. Oh, yeah, do, do so. I mean, I watched Thundercats a lot when I was a kid, too. Problem it was, there's just one problem. Thundercats was always on extremely early in the morning, and I had to go to school. I couldn't watch the whole fucking episode. Yeah, I was say, you must have been in reruns by then. Yes. Because I, I think, I remember I was, like, in elementary school in that era. It was, like, 87 to 89 or something like that. Isn't it weird that the cartoons never air that long? I know we discussed this before, but it feels like they're on forever because they get reruned over and over. But if you look at the original run, it's like, oh, two years, that's it? Yep. Now, Exosquad, I had never heard of. I think I think I vaguely saw some of the toys on the shelf, but I really didn't know anything about it. Um, by this time, I think I was in college. So I really wasn't watching a whole lot besides like the whole Warner Brothers, Steven Spielberg cartoons. Oh, yeah. Got a great partnership there. I mean, come on, Steven Spielberg. Look, I mean, the guy's a genius. He's still a genius. He still pulls it off. <laughs> All right, this one was on for two years. I thought it was on for three years. I might be wrong about this. 52 episodes. It was on the USA Network. Which, uh, if you look at the history of the USA Network cartoons, this must have been the same studio that did all their cartoons because they all look kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were... Same uh, kind of animation, too. Yeah, I think also they did X-Men for Fox. It has that look. Oh, there was like a, about a dozen cartoons around 92, 93 that had this kind of look. Yeah, they looked like they also did Captain Planet as well. Maybe, man. That's where they started. I'll have to look that up. Oh, yeah, you'll definitely have to look up Captain Planet. I mean, especially if you're a green person, this will be your favorite superhero ever. <laughs> and and I kid you not, uh, funnierdie.com did this great parody video. It's Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. You, you have to watch it. Oh, no, I've <laughs> seen it. It's really funny. <laughs> okay, good. All right, uh, back to Exo Squad. Um, you know, I was watching the episode earlier, and it kind of reminded me of the TV show V. Do you remember that at all? Yes, I do, actually. I remember them uh, redoing that with... Uh, Inara from Firefly. Right. I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting her real name. Uh, you know what? I can't even remember at this moment right now either. Hold um, on. I have she. I know she's uh, Talia Al Ghul in Son of Batman. It should be on the back here. Yeah. So the the look of this, it feels a little bit like. Did you ever read the Star uh, uh, Starship Troopers book? This is. Uh, no, I haven't read any of the Starship. The, the book's Troopers. a lot different. They had all these vehicles and weaponry that they never had in the movie. It kind of reminds me of a combination of that, a little bit of aliens, but a lot of V, where it's like the alien and human race are trying to work together, but it's starting to seem like maybe the alien race is a little bit more than they seem, and there's all these conspiracies and stuff going on behind the scenes, so the public is kind of backing yeah. what they're doing, but then it turns out they rip off their faces, they're giant lizards, and they eat humans. So, you know, it, it has that kind of feel in this as well, except this is much higher. Um, yeah, this visuals are this insanely good. Oh, oh yeah, hands down. Plus, I mean, I like the whole giant robot, you know, suit simulation thing, which, you know, which is always awesome because I'm a huge Gundam fan. And yeah, no, Marina Bakarin is that actress's name. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so um, also, the, the, the way the premise is, is these Neo-Sapiens were actually created by humans for, you know, labor purposes. And the Neo-Sapiens weren't really happy about that anymore. So they decided to revolt against or, yeah, or have more power. So is this an allegory for racism? Matrix a bit, yeah. Well, slavery? That too, of course. Well, that's kind of high-minded for a cartoon, especially a cable cartoon. Back then, you know, cable wasn't really high-budget or high-concept, except for, like, you know, they'd have, like, some of their oddball comedies. Like, we've discussed before, like, Duckman on USA or Comedy Central had uh, Dr. Cash and stuff like that. But the action shows tend to be pretty bland if they weren't on a, a, a big network. Yeah, oh, no, hands, hands down. Plus, USA was also, you know, behind all the Marvel F cartoons that were on, too. So I guess yeah, this I did, technically this did last a third season, but only one episode for the third season, and they got canceled. What? Well, yeah, I know. We had like, to at least made it the finale. It's ridiculous. <sighs> oh, <sighs> man, I was looking this up. Exo Squad, they actually had a comic book of this, and I looked at the company. I totally forgot that for a couple years there, Topps Comics existed. You know the baseball card company? Yeah. Yeah, so they made a comic book series of this and like X-Files and a couple others. And I think only the X-Files was popular and then the rest just got killed and Tops went out of business pretty fast. Well, I mean, it's, you know, X-Files, you can't really, you know, argue with it. It's a great show. And it also had someone from Firefly, uh, Adam Baldwin. Oh, right. Well, Adam Baldwin was pretty much in everything around that time. Oh, yeah, and he was also in Buffy. No, not Buffy, Angel. Yeah, that's right, at the end of Angel. Right after Firefly got canceled, he hopped on to that final that final run. Yeah. All right, so with this, you know, there was a lot of toys, of course. This is one of those where it seems like the toy was created first, then the, the series. And, uh, you know, the, the series ran for three lines. Um, I never had any. Did you have any other toys? I did, actually. I actually had um, the one Neo Sapien guy who was a good guy. I always liked the aliens. I always liked that supporting character. I was like, I always wanted someone different. Kind of like how, you know, in Watchmen, uh, Dr. Manhattan was my favorite character. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, besides this, there were a lot of, well, I guess not a lot. I thought there was a bunch of video games for every series, but I guess there was only a Sega Genesis game. And that's the one that you found recently, and that's why you started to think of this. Exactly. I ended up finding, oh gosh, I found a, I found a bunch of games. I even found Time Lord for Nintendo. And it has nothing to do with Doctor Who. Wow. You know what? If I had known at the time that this was so critically acclaimed, that I probably would have watched it back then. I mean, everything on here is saying all these critics just went crazy for it, saying it's severely underrated, that there's a lot more going on than any other cartoon on it at the time. And yet it only right. lasted two seasons. Maybe because it was on the USA Network. You know, USA still wasn't like much of a powerhouse back then. Yeah. No, it wasn't yet. I think they're mostly known for the fact that they had like silk stockings and renegade and like all these cheap like syndicated TV shows. Yeah. Wasn't Jack of All Trades on there too with Bruce Campbell? Jack of All Trades was syndicated uh, nationwide, just whoever station wanted to pick it up. Like for me, it aired, I think, Sundays at midnight on Fox. Oh. It was a universal package. They may have rerun it later on USA. Right. I remember, I just remember, uh, you know, it was, you know, Ash from Evil Dead, you know, dressing up as Iron Man and, you know, fighting people with a sword. Like, hey. <laughs> was oh, it like man. that? Was it like, hey. Well, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I did. You know, I was just a weird, I would say whatever what I thought was cool. <laughs> Hell, even if a shirt that said Awesome Possum, you know, as Louis C.K. once stated, he's like, you know, fuck you. I thought it was cool. <laughs> All right, so the voice cast of this, there's not a whole lot of names that I recognize. Of course, Robbie Benson was something of a teen idol during the late 70s, early 80s. 
uh, mostly known for Ice Castles and uh, The Chosen, a couple other movies. Then he kind of faded away and started directing movies. But I guess during between the whole directing thing, he did this voice. He's the main character. Right. And then there's a couple cast members of Stargate in here. Uh, Gary Chalk, who is uh, like the you know how in the episodes the guy that was up in the main technician off. Wait, no, no, I'm wrong. Gary Chalk wasn't in that. I think he was in RoboCop. I have to look that up. But he's a Canadian actor. And then uh, Terrell Rothery, she played the doctor on Stargate for like the first uh, six seasons before they killed her off. Oh, they always tend to kill off the favorites. So that was one of those shows that lasted way longer than I ever expected. Stargate lasted ten years. Did you know that? Wow. And it wasn't decade, until just it, like. Go ahead. Oh yeah, just like Battlestar Galactica and yeah, Friends. Battlestar Galactica was only on for like five years, I think, at most. Oh really? Yeah, it was it was planned to be very short run, whereas Stargate was kind of open ended, so they just you know keep going. Oh, I thought well, shoot, I thought it had ten seasons. My bad. Well, it there seemed so, like there were so seasons. many spinoffs of uh, Battlestar Galactica. It seemed like it was because you know then they went to Caprica and then there's the Battlestar. Uh, there's a third one. Dang it. Um, uh, Atlantis. No, that's Stargate. You're thinking Stargate. Oh, okay. Blood and Steel or something or Well that was a mini that was one movie, but Okay. Okay, so Exo Squad, you know, the the look of it is very unique, even though the animation style is obviously, you know, from a very particular company that we saw a lot, but the the costume design and everything is, is very cool. And it moves fast. It looks good. Yeah, no, it's vast you know, I know it's it's great animation, like hands down. Though the hair is Plus ridiculous. I, the hair is so obvious, you know, of that time period. Very I think a heavy Jim Lee influence. Yes. Maybe a little Rob Lafield. You know, whatever was going on in the X Men at that time looks like it was a uh, heavy influence. The hair is obnoxiously silly. And what's up with the the little uh, head wrap helmet thing? You know where it like wraps their head but their hair is just oh, yeah. on the top. That makes no sense to me. It never has. I know, it's like that's stuff I'd see like in like Bill and Ted, and not like Bill. I think the second Bill and Ted movie actually, when you you know you see actual visions of the future, right? That's what it is. That's what it reminds me of. It's but, I, but honestly, I can never see Bill and Ted just coming out here saying you know playing music. They they get shot down immediately. <laughs> All right, so I think, you know, I don't know. Do you have anything like else to say about Exo Squad? I think we're pretty much wrapped up on this one. We're almost at the fifteen minute point. Yeah, it looks. I will say I. I do hope it. Makes, it does make like some kind of a comeback. Well, Although, I, think, I think it's just about that time where you know we've exhausted what was popular in the '80s to reboot, and it's time for them to start rebooting all the stuff in the '90s. Plus, I do, I do want to mention, you know, how they plug into their you know their combat suits. Kind of reminds me of Matrix when they plug into the Matrix, something like that. That's that way they can have full maneuverability. Yeah. No, that I thought was an interesting concept too. It does kind of make sense, kind of like giving rise to you know also uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very cool, cool cartoon. I totally watch it again. The problem is, is like every time you, you tell me to watch a cartoon I've never seen before, it's really cool and I want to watch it. But then we get caught up in another one, so I never actually get to go back and watch them. Unfortunately, no. That and there's, I don't think anybody's just doing cartoons these days. No, not really. What's up with everybody having shaved heads in this? Like the bottom's all shaved and the, bo- uh, the top is fine. Everyone's just getting a fade in a military-style haircut. I don't know. Is That's that a demand way to go. by the government? We all must look pretty- cool. We have to, we're constantly at war, even though we shouldn't be, it's pretty fucking stupid reasons why. Shake my head, just shake my head, that's all I can do. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, also, you know, great production and great animation. 
Yeah, that's something that stands up. Stands the test of time. Indeed. All right, so we're going to move on to our next cartoon, Skeleton Warriors. Give me just one sec here. These are the tales of the Skeleton Warriors. So that was Skeleton Warriors. I'm kind of surprised to see CGI in such an early cartoon. Oh yeah, me too. Plus, I mean, it's it's got like a it's got like a nice yeah. rock and roll anthem to it. Sorry, I hit it again. <laughs> uh, it's perfectly understandable. Like I said, it just it does it. It looks like a. Oh, you push pause. What? No, no, it's playing. It's fine. We're good. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, this does it's like it's something out of a heavy metal fantasy. Yeah, it's very strange because it's obviously in the future, but it has sword and sorcery elements to it. So, I mean, it feels like a and d kind of thing mixed with, you know, Star Wars or kind of even like the Exo Squad, you know, some futuristic vision of what sword and sorcery could be if it came back. Though, yeah. I, I, I don't understand the logic of using swords if you have laser guns and all that such. Well, close combat, I guess, you know, kind of resorting to some medieval, some medieval solution. Now, I remember watching this a little bit. I think I caught a, an episode here and there. I think it was pretty cool, but not cool enough for me to like. Like I said, I wasn't really into the animation that much by the mid-90s. It was like the, like I said, the the Warner Brothers cartoons. And I do remember watching Beast Wars quite a bit. Yeah. And Reboot. And Reboot. Oh, Reboot was great. Oh, that we do have to, we have to do an episode of that. But yeah, I will say, that's Tony J who's doing the voice of that big golden skeleton hit. Great voice actor. I hear that guy's voice in almost everything. Yeah, we saw him. He was in another cartoon we did. I think he's gone now. Oh, yeah, he died about 10 years ago. Yeah, I used to see him all the time. He has a really great voice. Oh, he was also in Reboot. I didn't realize. Yeah, he was the voice of Megabyte, if I remember correctly. Yeah, actually, he's the only name I recognize in here. I'm sure there's some people like losing their minds going, how do you not recognize all these people? Some yeah. people are like hardcore. Like Some of our fans, man, they got this down. Like, they'll tell me the animation company of a very particular episode. Like, there's a production company. That's usually the one that we recognize. But then they'll recognize the people that they outsource to. Like, oh, well, this one was sent to a Japanese company. This one was sent to a British company. You know? And they'll know that. And I was like, how do you know? It's crazy. And they'll know the history of what cartoons they've done. So yeah, that's Sometimes you'll notice, like, a little... You'll notice something, like, you know, the book is written from, like, left to right. Like, in the animation part, you'll see, like... Like in an episode of Family Guy where uh, Peter picks up a Bible, uh-huh. and it's written it's written from right to left. Huh, I never noticed that. I mean, I yeah, don't watch Family no, Guy that, that much anymore anyway, but... You know what? It it's, just... it's weird that Skeleton Warriors is only on for 13 episodes. I could have swore it was on much, much longer. Had a huge toy line. Yeah, was the toy line more popular than the cartoon? Because that seems like a really short run. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was on. It actually was a. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was insanely popular. They had they had them like all over the place, especially on Halloween. They had like one huge aisle, just the skeleton stuff itself. Especially, I mean, it, it was mainly the ones that pe- I guess that people wanted were the villains, you know, all the skeleton monsters and whatnot. I was always looking for the heroes because I'm like, you know, I'm more of the hero type. Plus, they looked cooler anyway. I wasn't too big on, like, you know, skeletons. By the way, this unless, guy totally looks like Wolverine, them. doesn't he? The dad, he, he looks like Wolverine. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think that's his father. I think it's just someone he worked with. Oh. You know, I was looking at this. I remember the comic book more than I do the cartoon, though. I forgot. my. Uh, I had a relative who had the Skeleton Warriors comic book from Marvel. I wonder yeah. if this is produced by Marvel. I should look that up. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it has looks, that look. It does. It looks exactly like, you know, I'm watching X-Men. So this cartoon was old enough that it had games for the, the Saturn and the PlayStation. I thought this was much... I thought this was like 92, 93. No, I guess the cartoon launched just as uh, the PlayStation was getting ready to launch. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. The, well, okay, it says this... the cartoon was 94 to 95. The PlayStation and Saturn launched in 95. And... They must have been like, crap, the cartoon got canceled and we have this game we need to sell. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like they might as well have to freaking, you know, just improvise and write a freaking ending. Honestly, I think anybody who was like a metal fan, or especially 80s hair metal, like was Iron probably Maiden. into this. I mean, dude, just look at everybody. I mean, that guy or that old guy, he looks like a blue haired Dave Mustaine. Huh. Plus, it does, like, it does like have a Masters of the Universe kind of look to it. And and these are like all Skeletor's distant, uh, you know, relatives. Right. Well, I imagine Skeletor had a family. Wait, wait, wait. I can't remember. He wasn't originally supposed to be Skeletor, right? He was like a normal human being, and something happened to him and turned him into that. Or am I confusing shows? Oh no, you got no. You, that's exactly what happened to Skeletor. Okay. He was originally Keldor, and He Man's dad kicked his ass first. Uh huh. That's how he got his face melted. Ah. Because for a second there, I started thinking about it. I was like, wait, am I thinking of this show? Because, you know, they that happens in this show where someone gets – he's human and he gets turned into one of them. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, just from judging from the intro, that guy Joshua is probably who turns into, like, who goes zombie looking. Oh, you haven't watched this yet? I watched this uh, a couple weeks ago or last week. Oh, no, I'm just uh, – I'm actually just – I'm pointing it out. Because, oh, okay. You know, case yeah there's like three levels there's like the humans the full-on skeletons you know like the army of darkness kind of skeletons and then there's you know the mixture where it's like well he has skin but he, but he looks really bony mm-hmm. Uh-oh. i would say of the two shows i think i enjoyed exo squad more just because it was so high-minded there's a concept going beyond anything that was that was on the air at the time oh yeah of course and joshua gets duped you know he lets his anger get the best of him and jealousy because he's not he's not next in line, and he hates taking orders. Which is kind of a cliche. That happens so often, yeah. it's almost ridiculous. That it is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, shit's happening. Everything's crumbling. Why does everything have to crumble? Why do the buildings always have to be, like, torn down? Because it looks it always... cool. Whoa, that guy just... Those aren't really safe roads. If you look at that, there's no rails whatsoever. So, I mean, even if there wasn't a disaster, that guy still could have flown right off. You know, and it, it may be sunset, but why Why is there no traffic? <laughs> For a city that big, you think there'd be, like, lots of cars. Oh, yeah, there's one. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, see, no rails, no <laughs> no, no prevention, no accident prevention. You can see, oh, I, oh my I, think God, I'm, I think I'm a little bit ahead of, of you. These, I better pause for a second. 
Right. How do these people survive? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Even on a random day, someone could be like, look, just looking down, hey, look at that. <laughs> oh, now we finally get to see the villains. I mean, that's why there's nobody on the road. Everybody else is dead. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got to say the villains look really cool. They did a lot they of cool do, design yeah. work on them. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Predator. Like, yeah, you live, but you're a freaking skeleton freak thing. But I guess that's what he wanted, you know. Uh, now he's all zombified. Ah, gross. Oh, uh, well, that's you for being an asshole, buddy. Brains. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was merely thinking that. Whoa, but look guess... at that. That's a, that's a suit and a half. Who designed the bra strap? I mean, seriously, some of this stuff seems so excessive. Like, there's no reason rhyme. But, like, this is like it, a, a cliche of the early 90s that for some reason people would just add tons of pockets and tons of lines for no reason just for uh, more color. Just like with, you know, computer panels having all those useless buttons, as you pointed out before. Yeah. Honestly, that woman, I think, I, I don't know, it was probably based off of Leia's uh, slave bikini design. Well, it's a good design to go off of. It's like Evil Inn, but in Princess Leia's costume. Oh, yeah. And spandex. So I'm guessing the skeleton warriors are invulnerable when, even when you chop them down. Yeah, did they ever eat? And is this guy technically a skeleton? Because he looks more like a cyborg. Is he a skeleton warrior? He's more like a robot. No, he's cyborg. He's so is there only cyborg. one skeleton? And then he starts replicating skeletons. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think that maybe, has the power of that stuff. Yeah, the beginning they show you know him fighting a bunch of skeletons, so he must survive people and turn them into skeletons. Oh, yep. He's oh, turning there we go. I was wondering for a second there. So he's a robot skeleton, which that does, that doesn't even make sense at all. He was pretty good as a robot, you know. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Get your little midget friend. Oh, leave the midgets alone, man. Leave them be by themselves. They were cool enough as their own. Oh, and then he goes out. Oh, oh man, this guy's you so ruined her. Do you think any of them were upset? Like, hey, what are you doing? Knock it off. Like, okay. A woman's touch. It's like, oh. Well, I can't imagine the skeleton warriors can get it on, so I guess it doesn't really matter. He took away the hot one. I guess I guess they just grind against, but then again, well, then they wouldn't die. Oh, uh, they get so many bones. speculations. Just, you know, grinding and all that. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's like, jeez, uh, it's like, come on, you're highly advanced technology. I mean, it's not like an EMP just hit. How many, okay, did he just... What's that? Oh, yep, 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 everything's get devastating. There's no power and there's fires everywhere. You know, like, the funny thing about like, all this is that I'm kind of glad this style ended and the whole Justice League, you know, Batman, Superman look started to take over. Because, I mean, there's a lot of texture and everything, but I just don't like the look. It's so... Seems so flat. Something about it doesn't seem like it has a whole lot of style. Like it's like they're trying to be as realistic as possible, but that takes away the joy of cartoons to me. As if if it tries to look like it's live action, you know what I mean? Like, Holy crap! It's not, it's not stylized. Right. Oh no, they got. Oh hey, they got superpowers. Well, they needed something to take on the skeletons. They can't just be normal everyday people, I guess. Oh, dude, she can fly. Yes, Joshua, that's your power. <laughs> you just you just scare people. You make people poop their pants. Uh-oh. All right, I think there's not a whole lot to really talk about Skeleton Warriors because there wasn't a whole lot of history to it. They had the 13 episodes. They tried. I think they wanted it to be huge. It just didn't happen. You know, that comic series and all the games. But it's probably right. one of those that people who saw it loved it. 
but it hasn't really gone beyond that original audience, which is kind of a shame. I believe the series is on DVD, so you can pick it up. Also, it's on YouTube, so you know, if people just want to check it out, that's what we're doing. First episode called Flesh and Bone. Yeah, no, but honestly, I like I said, this is kind of a badass thing. I mean, you can definitely, you know, get it a little bit more heavy metal. Yeah. At, you know, for adults, that's for sure. This is a pretty cool concept. But I'm wondering, like, with a modern, like, if they were to modernize the look or update the looks, you think they would go with more of a post-apocalyptic Mad Max kind of look? You know, it, it it depends on what's popular at that time. I imagine, you know, sci-fi was huge at this time. You know, combining two different genres, sword and sorcery and sci-fi, was a uh, a great idea. Yeah, it's Jennifer now. It Hale? might it might might be Mad Max times. Yeah, I wonder if that's Jennifer Hale, like the voice of uh the you Ooh, know the look. flying. Oh, I didn't yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's Jennifer Hale. What else did she do? Oh, she was. Oh gosh, she was in almost everything. It she is Jennifer did. Hale's right she's, here. Yeah, she's like, she and Cam Clark are like some of the biggest voice actors, especially in gaming too. Well, she must have done this really young. She's only forty-two now. Yeah, she does a ton of video games. The most prolific video game voice actress. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, she's also the female Shepherd in uh, Mass Effect. All right, so I think that wraps it up here for us at Back in Tunes. Oh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of want to keep watching this cartoon. Continue without me. Leave yeah, me alone. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Don't bother me. Don't you bother me. All right, you keep watching it. This is Michael signing off. All right, this is Jacob, just not caring what your input is. I'm still going to watch this badass cartoon. All right. Uh, check us out. <laughs>